special emergency whoa our minds are blown episode of the blockade runner podcast number 162 to be exact my name is john with me tonight in a in a frenzied state is ryan what's up ryan uh, happy uh star wars christmas <laughs> yeah uh we did not expect to be recording tonight um we found out yesterday via the new york times that today would be kind of a big deal but uh I didn't anticipate, I, you know, honestly, I was like, wow, what, our Mando episode is going to be longer than usual this uh, <laughs> this weekend. But um, yeah, once this event kicked off and uh, it became clear how much news there was and how much exciting news there was, there was there was just no way, Ryan, that we could um, <laughs> include this in one episode. Uh, well, all of the, and the Mando stuff. So we are, we are just holding an emergency podcast session. This news is what, like two hours old? Like it just just happened so mm-hmm. forgive all the mistakes we're about to make in 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 you know screwing stuff up in terms of uh you know information that um will be more widely understood in a few days or something but boy we were just excited and want to want to talk about it right away mm-hmm. yeah. yeah so um let's do it let's just jump in and uh we're going to use the the press release slash news story um post on starwars.com which we'll link to in the notes but this information will be everywhere is everywhere so (laughs) yeah um i guess real quick before we before we do get into like any specifics um i feel kind of bad in 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 retrospect or after the fact because i didn't like I mean, I was excited about this, but to be honest, like when the news was about to kick off, I was sitting around like playing Mario 64 on my Switch and I was like, oh yeah, something's going on later today. Like, you know, I'll see some updates on Twitter or whatever. And I didn't realize that this was like a full on like presentation streaming on the internet. Um, and a friend of the show, um, Caleb, um, who was on an episode in, in the, in the, well, I guess last winter, almost a year ago now, um, covering the, uh, the uh, Star Wars Resistance finale. Um, he texted me and asked me if I was watching it, and I was like, "I didn't even know you could do that." <laughs> yeah. So, I, yeah, so I tuned in about halfway through the the Lucasfilm presentation and uh, and caught you know maybe half of the the presentation, but it was uh, it was really cool actually. Kathleen Kennedy presenting and and going through all this stuff. So, um, yeah, I was totally home. I was done working. I could have definitely watched the whole thing and. Uh, didn't do that. So, um, you know, I guess I'm a bad star Wars fan, but luckily I was able to catch, you know, the second part of it. So you're, you're a bad Disney investor. Mm, yes. Well, I'm, I'm an awful Disney investor because I don't have any investment in Disney. Um, financially speaking, oh, I, I say, so. as I look around this room that is covered <laughs> in star Wars, useless star Wars memorabilia. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. We have invested in Disney, um, even though we may not own stocks. Yeah. Right. 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 right, right. Um, I don't know if they recognize us as investors, but, uh, certainly yeah. we are, uh, in, in, in a, in a sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, I guess the other thing I'll say too, is that the, uh, th- this episode I'm going to edit and, and slap together as quickly as possible. So mm-hmm. I don't know, um, how noticeable that'll be, but, uh, in the event that it is, just try to get this bad boy posted on the internet as soon as possible. So, uh, I guess that's a, a disclaimer. You know, somebody um, 
man, I, I, I wish I could give a, a shout out to that person, but, uh, somebody in the last week or two or three, um, on Twitter, uh, uh, gave us a, a compliment on our audio quality of our podcast. And I was like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Never, yeah, I know. Right. Uh, we don't have particularly great audio quality or anything, you know, I try a little bit, but, uh, that was appreciated. So, um, worst kind of acknowledgement though, when you don't remember who gave you the compliment and you're like, thanks person I'm not giving credit to. So, uh, whoops. All right. We better get into the news. Um, <laughs> Uh, I'm a little slap happy here about this news. I don't know if you could tell or not, but um, anyway, the first announcement was uh, news about a Star Wars feature film, and you know this came at the it's the top story on on the news story, but it came at the end of the presentation, mm-hmm. and um, you know I was texting uh, various friends, and I was like, "Are we going to get movie news? Are we going to get movie news?" You know, um, and uh, we sure did. And uh, this uh, first story is about the next as StarWars.com puts it, the next Star Wars feature film, which is titled Rogue Squadron and directed by Patty Jenkins. Um, what do you think, Ryan? I, <laughs> wow. Um, I, you know, I mean, part of me is torn because there are other Star Wars movies that have, that I was kind of hoping to hear about, um, you know, hear updates on at this. Um, you know, the Ryan Johnson movies. I really am worried about those. That said, um, this is phenomenal news. Um, I think for one, the, uh, the video that like the teaser, um, announcement video that they made for this was incredible. Um, you know, you, you start with Patty Jenkins on rollerblades and <laughs> I'm like, what is happening? Um, and then she sits down and tells a very personal story, um, that like legitimately gave me chills, um, as she was describing, um, something I didn't know about her and her family and her father, um, who was, in air in air force pilot uh i believe killed in the line of duty yeah that's what she says uh he passed away in service to this country so wow yeah i i don't know more about it than that and i uh, have not had time to research because um you know it's been it, it just happened so <laughs> yeah um but i mean that was just it was so powerful and then seeing her just putting on um, you know, X-Wing pilot garb and walking up to an X-Wing. Um, after that, it was just, it was incredible. It was surreal. It was emotional, powerful. Um, and I mean, two things kind of just going into this. Um, I love Rogue Squadron in general. Um, I've, you know, talked on, uh, um, about that on this show before. Um, obviously love the Nintendo 64 game and the um the GameCube um sequel and um and I love like the comics the I you know I used to read the novels um you know when I was like a teenager um I love I love Rogue Squadron I love that uh you know that whole vibe um 
And I'm not super familiar with Patty Jenkins' work, but, um, you know, I loved Wonder Woman. Um, I literally just the um, yesterday I was watching wrestling and there was a trailer for Wonder Woman 84, which um, we actually get to watch in like a few weeks, thanks to HBO Max. Um but like I, I saw that trailer and like the trailer just like gave me chills and I was like, wow, I'm so excited for this movie and it rules, um, you know, that we'll get to watch it in a in a couple of weeks. And um, and so like it's just it's wild that it's all these things kind of uh, coming together. Um, and uh, I I have so many questions about this and I guess we can kind of get into that after you share like your thoughts. Um, uh, but like, wow, this is so cool. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, yeah. My, my thoughts are that I'm super excited. Um, I don't know Patty Jenkins's work super well either. I didn't love wonder woman, but I don't think that has much to do with, um, you know, her or her direction or anything. I just don't think it's, uh, you know, the kind of, like, I'm just not into the universe and, you know, that kind of stuff. So, mm. um, I mean, I didn't dislike it. It just didn't really, I, I have that like kind of feeling towards a lot of superhero movies. Like, you know, sometimes I, I get kind of into them, but a lot of times I just, I think they're fine, but they don't do a ton for me. You know what I mean? Mm. I mean kind of yeah. fall into that category. Um, but you know, it was fine. Um, but, uh, no, I'm super excited too. Uh, I loved her, her video. I loved, look, I'm a guy who spent, uh, a good couple years, uh, of my life on inline skates. So the fact that she chose to <laughs> introduce her star Wars movie by rollerblading to, uh, <laughs> to the hashback of her car, I love, um, I think that was awesome. And, uh, yeah, no, no, no I, I, I can't wait. Um, I love the rogue squadron games. Um, I didn't, you know, really read too many of the rogue squadron novels in the nineties, uh, I have a hazy memory of like which novels all I, you know, read in the nineties and stuff. I, I know I read um, at least one or two that, you know, heavily featured Wedge Antilles, for instance, which I believe were part of the Rogue Squadron mm-hmm. series of novels. And, you know, um, I, I like that idea for sure. I haven't gotten to Alphabet Squadron yet, which, um, you know, I, I need to do. I've been meaning to do. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure this will be different than that. But, you know, it's kind of in that store of Star Wars subgenre, you know, fighter pilot. Uh, subgenre. I love the movie Top Gun. And, um, you know, I'm just wondering <laughs> if it's going to be, I don't, I'm not saying it's going to be like straight up like Star Wars Top Gun or anything, but uh, the idea of just like featuring and focusing on a crew of fighter pilots and probably like high energy and uh, a lot of excitement and, and fun, you know, um, I guess on the surface, like a story about like just focused on fighter pilots and that kind of thing, um, you know, maybe I would, I would, have the tendency to lean in, in, in the direction I leaned when I, I heard about Mandalorian, the show being like, okay, well, that sounds like that'll be fun. And probably not something that I'll, you know, necessarily like blow my mind, but I'll, I'll be into it. You know what I mean? Um, or I probably felt that way about rogue one too, you know, when it was announced mm-hmm. like, okay, well, stealing the death star plans. I mean, that sounds like a fun story. You know what I mean? So, and I had no idea what either of those things would actually be when, when, <laughs> you know, um, when they actually came into existence and, 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 you know, I saw them. So, um, yeah, I don't, I, you know, like you said, I have a lot of questions, right? I don't really know what it'll be, but, uh, mm-hmm. I'm certainly excited for it. Um, it feels like, and, and, you know, like 
the the second word of this story uh or the first you know phrase of this of this story on starwars.com is the next star wars feature film and uh it, it does feel like something that that could be put together and made um a little more quickly than like you know some kind of big saga film or something mm-hmm. uh, and so you know i think that's cool too because i don't want to wait another 10 years for another star wars movie to hit mm-hmm. theater i'm also disappointed we didn't hear anything about ryan johnson you know mm-hmm. that was my uh that was my big as as it was getting closer the the news drop the presentation was getting closer to ending that was my like oh man i hope they do the steve jobs one more thing you know like <laughs> you didn't know we were going to bring ryan out but surprise surprise um that didn't happen but you know that's okay and and i do think uh if ryan gets to make the movies that i hope he gets to make um if that's even a possibility at all anymore uh i do think it'll be something that will take some time and um, you know, it won't be like uh, something they can put together in, in two years and, and get done quickly and, you know, rush to the screen. And uh, I, I don't mean to imply that this will be some rush job and, and you know, whatever, but mm-hmm. it, it, it seems like one movie and um, it seems like something that, you know, uh, would not need to, to be developed for as long as like some next trilogy saga type thing. So makes a lot of sense to be the next movie and uh yeah i'm i'm super excited yeah um so christmas 2023 yep um so i mean i guess this tells us a few things um this essentially seems like what we would call a star wars story um it's just called rogue squadron though it's not rogue squadron a star wars story Uh, i think um after solo bomb well i shouldn't say bombed after solo was um financially less successful than they wanted it to be i think they they were kind of like done with that star wars story thing yeah which doesn't make any sense to me because like (laughs) you know i don't know if you're still gonna make uh, like you said what is essentially a star wars standalone um, yeah it's a real straightforward type subtitle you know what i mean like i don't see I don't think anybody would hear Rogue Squadron, a Star Wars story. Like, oh no, that must be like that solo movie that I actually loved, even though it didn't make that much money. At the <laughs> like, yeah, I don't see how it would hurt them, you know. But, but I also think like it's not necessary. Like, everything is everything is a Star Wars story. Like, you just, I think they like they felt the need to different differentiate things from the saga films, the sequel trilogy. Yeah, yeah, and. Now it's like there's as we're going to continue to get into here, there's just a ton of Star Wars and we like we don't need to call everything a Star Wars story until we get to episode 10. Or that's whatever. actually that's a great point because there's like 10 Star Wars projects or more in development right now. None of them are anything that would not be considered a Star Wars story. So, um, yeah, at that point you're, you're calling every damn thing you put out a Star Wars story, yeah. um, to avoid confusing people about the thing you're not even making anymore. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, and probably aren't making for who knows how long. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's, that's totally true. Actually. It wouldn't make any sense anymore. Great point. Yeah. So, okay. So what will this be? Like just speculation. Cause rogue squadron's weird. It's, um, you know, it's in, we know Rogue Squadron from the OT, um, and, you know, we know, we know Wedge, um, and, you know, everything that goes along with that, but I, 
I'm trying to think because Wedge. Uh, I mean, I guess spoilers for Star Wars Squadrons. Is that if I don't know if anyone yeah. like is listening that hasn't played that yet and is worried about the story. Sorry, um, but like Wedge is in there, and I think he identifies as like Wedge from Rogue Squadron. Yeah. Um, and it takes and his scenes because that game like does hop hop around a little bit um in the timeline. His scenes take place after Return of the Jedi. So I uh, and I mean I, this this information exists, but we are recording like right off. We're coming in hot on this recording, so this mm-hmm. may not be accurate, but. Um, I believe Rogue Squadron is still functioning post-Return of the Jedi. Um, And I believe Wedge is still involved. So it's pos... I mean, I I feel like a Dennis Lawson um, at least cameo is very plausible um, Mm -hmm. for this film. Um, And I... I mean, because obviously if he's willing to do squadrons like this video game, he'll probably be willing to, um, you know, hang out for um, this film and reprise the role. So my guess is it's going to be um, like post Return of the Jedi, like Rogue Squadron transitioning from the Rebel Alliance to New Republic. Um, does that track? Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. I mean, if if it's if it's that like, lit, I mean, I'm sure it's about Rogue Squadron, right? Because you can't call the movie Rogue Squadron if it's not about them. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, if it's that literal, then yeah, um, that would make a lot of sense. Uh, but I mean, I I guess it could be further in the future too if rogue squadron like just continues because you said like like established like that period of transition right between like the new republic and the rebellion Mm -hmm. yeah it could be that or it could be like then further down the road too, closer to the sequel trilogy i don't know um you know part of me would like the idea of uh, i don't know i guess star wars has done that a lot lately (laughs) but if it's a like if if dennis lawson's in the movie as a cameo or even as in an important role but as an older, you know, uh, character, kind of in like it's like the the next generation of uh, next generation of Top Gun, Ryan. You know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. the the, the X wing fighter Cobra Kai thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. I have no idea. But yeah, and, and, and I do feel like with the Mandalorian, you know, getting so much shine these days and being such a focus that, um, uh, to be honest, I think I'd be less excited about something that's set right in that period around, you know, the trans like post Jedi, um, into the new Republic, like in that five, 10 years after Jedi. Although it probably makes the most sense for a movie about Rogue Squadron. Uh, but, but yeah, I think if it was like pushed out a little bit, that'd be kind of interesting. And, and, uh, forgive me if you already said this, but I think like, look, cause in a new hope it's red leader, right. And it's, you know, it's not Rogue Squadron yet. Right. So, if you were going to do like a rogue squadron origin story, it would have to be, you know, uh, after a new hope and, you know, you couldn't really do that unless you were doing it in, uh, 
like the Star Wars original trilogy era. Yeah. I don't know if that's true or not. I think so. Yeah, timeline stuff is going to get really weird as we're talking about all of this. Um, but I'm I'm wondering if we'll see. Um, I'm wondering if we'll see some of the pilots that we've seen um, on the Mandalorian um, showing up. What's his name? Carson Teva. Uh, <laughs> Paul. Uh, was it? Is it Paul? Hun Sun Lee, yeah, uh, his character, <laughs> potentially. yeah, or uh, the whole point of these Trapper episodes. Wolf, Trap Dude, Trapper Wolf, a Star Wars story, <laughs> the alternative <laughs> title to Rose Squadron. There we go. I'm there. Next generation. Yeah, I'm there. Um, no, I don't know. I mean, it, you know, who knows? Like, I, I really have no idea about the setting or, or that kind of thing. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah. And, um, you know, Kevin um, was talking to us uh, via text, like wondering if we'll see, you know, Poe Dameron. Um, My guess on that is no. Um, I don't I don't think we see Oscar Isaac in a Star Wars film for a very long time. Um, But there are, you know, uh, so Poe Dameron in the the comic um by uh, charles soul um he uh you know he led black squadron um which mm. was um you know very very rogue squadron-esque um for the new republic and some of the other um pilots in black squadron i feel like they're fair game um they could cross over you know in this uh you know, kind of, kind of the best of the best pilots, because, um, you know, it would kind of actually, it would make more sense to see pilots who would eventually join up with Poe Dameron in Black Squadron, um, rather than like the pilots we've seen in The Mandalorian, who I don't think are like the top pilots of the New Republic, because <laughs> um, they're like kind of just on, um, they're like mall security for the Outer Rim. Um, <laughs> And, uh, yeah, I think, I think that, that is a possibility. Um, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I think we're just going to have to wait to, to, to kind of find out, you know, more, um, in terms of all that, uh, and, and really what kind of story it's going to be, you know what I mean? Like, it, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I really have no idea. Um, and we don't know who's writing it either. I, I you know, the, the, the video, uh, little video, um, tease that, that Patty Jenkins did, um, kind of made it sound like it was already written, you know, uh, and I don't know if that's true or not, but, um, I guess we have no way of knowing, but I kind of got that impression like, oh yeah, you know, then I came across this movie. Um, maybe it's just like the, the pitch for it, you know, is what excited mm-hmm. me, not the script, probably not, but, um, you know, it's, it's supposed to be coming out, uh, in two years. So, um, you know, it might not be written yet, I, I suppose, but, uh, anyway, um, I'm just curious who's writing it and, uh, and how, how the story came to life, um, you know, and, and sort of what the impetus was for, for writing this movie or, or pitching this movie or whatever, mm-hmm. and, yeah. you know, what the focus of it's going to be, you know, what kind of story will it be? Um, but, uh, yeah, there's, there's not a lot to go on as far as that goes. Yeah. And I will, you know, kind of say, 
Um, I've, you know, I, it's it's a weird time. It's a weird time for Star Wars. Star Wars is, um, you know, changing. It's becoming something different than kind of like exactly what we grew up with. Um, and, um, you know, we've uh, become, you know, pretty accustomed very quickly to um, Star Wars television um, is kind of the main mode we've been consuming Star Wars from, uh, you know, this this year. And um, we're obviously going to talk about a lot of television um, in a bit here. But, you know, something about seeing Rogue Squadron arrives in theaters Christmas 2023. Mm-hmm. That just feels special. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, well, for a number of reasons, you know what I mean? But uh, it'll be four years since The Rise of Skywalker. Um, and uh, it's also going to be, you know, probably one of the first big, uh, super exciting event movies for me, you know, in a movie theater again um, after this kind of prolonged time away from going to movies. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't think it'll be the first movie I see in a movie theater, you know? No. Um, post coronavirus necessarily but uh i think it'll be you know um the most monumental uh you know what i mean in in Mm -hmm. quite a long time so yeah that's that's very exciting yeah yep feels good yeah um okay well the only thing that was announced today that we probably know less about than uh the uh patty jenkins rogue squadron film is the taika watiti untitled star wars film um which we know absolutely nothing about uh ryan i know that you were occupied when the stream was happening and that sort of thing um did you see like the graphic that they put on screen when the logo um, yes (laughs) what on earth it looks like heavy metal or some kind of um you know 70s like at first i was almost waiting for her to be like hey he's making a movie about the cartoon the boba fett cartoon from the holiday special or something because it (laughs) totally has that like 70s like counterculture animated vibe i don't know how to describe it but um you know you know what i'm talking about right did you pick up on that vibe comics with an x uh Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) yeah um no it is a it is a weird weird logo um yeah i've i've only seen like a blurry like picture that someone took of like their computer screen or something of it um which kind of makes it better um but yeah it's you know really just gaudy colors (laughs) um you're exactly right it looks like the animated segment from uh the star wars holiday special yeah 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 like uh yeah and i'll tell you what like watching her introduce it too because at that point i was already you know i was on the stream like watching it live or whatever Mm -hmm. and uh i swear she had to like suppress like giggles talking about it you know because she said oh his approach to star wars will be fresh unexpected and unique his enormous talent and sense of humor will ensure that audiences are in for an unforgettable ride and uh she really kind of emphasized, I think, like the quirkiness of it in 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 the sense of humor, and I, I don't mean just just in like the actual statement, but in the enunciation of it too. Like the delivery of it really was like 
she almost seemed like, man, this dude's weird, but, uh, you're in for a ride. <laughs> so, uh, I, I don't know between that and the logo. Um, and you know, knowing some of Taika's other work, like I think it's going to be the zaniest and, uh, and definitely weirdest star Wars movie, uh, so far, which is saying something considering George Lucas made the prequels, you know, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I think it's going to be out there and, uh, and I'm, I'm very excited. Yeah, I, uh, I absolutely cannot wait. Um, yeah, I, you know, I love that this is the approach they're taking to it, that it's not like we are going to, you know, break Taika Waititi down until he can make an accessible mm-hmm. Star Wars film. Like mm-hmm. we're going to, you know, um put this square peg into a round hole and like, you know, uh, you know, just kind of, uh, you know, trim off all the, the rough bits and, you know, we're going to, we're going to make this work. Um, and instead they are like, here's this ridiculous looking logo. It's like, <laughs> I don't know. It looks like, like the logo for, like a caveman cartoon in the 60s maybe <laughs> i don't know um and then you know you got kathleen kennedy just being like this is gonna y'all this is gonna be weird like <laughs> i'm just i'm just telling you this like this is not this is not gonna be like badass mandalorians and lightsaber fights and you know it's it's gonna be weird it's gonna be funny um and it's it's happening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I, I really resist and, and don't really like the whole Marvel Star Wars comparison thing um, yeah. or or the push for well, Marvel's really successful. Star Wars should just be like Marvel, you know, like I'm not into that, generally speaking. Um, but that being said, you know, I, I think a lot of times when that stuff comes up, it's like, oh, they should make a super connected universe. And it seems like at least on the television front, they are sort of doing that to an extent, which is fine. But, uh, you know, like everything should be super connected and one movie should lead into the next, et cetera, so on and so forth. Like, I'm not super into that idea necessarily, but I do feel like, you know, one of the other kind of defining components of, of the whole Marvel, you know, cinematic universe thing is the fact that some of the, the tone of those movies and the style of those movies varies fairly wildly from project to project right um and some of them are much more funny and zany and goofy um than others and you know we really haven't had that too much in star wars but Mm -hmm. i think we're going to now i think uh i think we're seeing that you know um and with a movie like rogue squadron and whatever that might be like but you know just kind of the idea of that movie and then you know the idea of of this movie the the taika movie and it just really feels like um, going forward, you're not necessarily going to have as firm of a grasp on on what a Star Wars movie is, um, which I think is is probably necessary and good, especially if if we're going to continue to get frequent, uh, consistent Star Wars film releases. It's probably necessary for that to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because these aren't saga films, if there ever will be a saga film again, I don't know. But uh, you know, I think there's there's you know, probably still definitely room to have saga films or saga esque films that fit more squarely into like the traditional star Wars story or, uh, sorry, star Wars style potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, 
Like, why not do movies with different tones and in different kind of um, approaches, um, especially if you're going to make lots and lots of Star Wars movies, which, um, you know, there's not lots and lots of Star Wars movies on the horizon right now, but um, if they intend to continue making them regularly for decades to come, there will be lots and lots of Star Wars movies. So um, it's probably going to be necessary and a good thing to branch out and, and uh, do different things. And like you said, uh, you know, celebrate and uh, take advantage of the unique voices that different filmmakers bring to films instead of uh, trying to, uh, you know, force them to adopt a, uh, a standard style or something like that. Yep. Yep. I mean, you know, going back, um, this is hopefully the last time we'll talk about Marvel here um, <laughs> on this episode, but um, my two favorite Marvel movies are Black Panther which is a very serious and important superhero movie with a lot to say mm-hmm. and Thor Ragnarok <laughs> which is a very silly and fun superhero movie. Um I think those are probably the two best superhero movies that exist and have ever been made and um yeah and I think you know Taika's work on Thor Ragnarok is incredible. I think it's just, it is a perfectly, like, a wonderfully watchable movie. It's one that, like, I can see, you know, I I see, like, a gif from it, and I'm like, oh, I need to just, I need to watch Thor Ragnarok, and I can just sit down and watch it, like, no big deal. Um, And it's uh, it's almost a perfect film, and, uh, yeah, I think if, if they're giving him the free reign to do that something like that in star wars we are we are in for a treat yeah i totally agree i'm well i totally agree except for like i didn't actually love thor ragnarok all that much but Mm. the only reason i'm bringing that up too is not to be like critical or negative or anything i'm only bringing that up because earlier in the in the episode i was like yeah i didn't love wonder woman you know um and uh i I really didn't like i liked thor ragnarok but when it was over, I didn't feel like, man, you know, I'm, I'm definitely going to watch that movie again, or I'll watch that movie a lot of times or anything. Um, and I think it's just because it's like the whole Thor thing, just like kind of like the whole Wonder Woman thing. Like it just didn't really, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like not super something I'm, I'm, it's kind of a hurdle for me to get over. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it just doesn't really do much for me. Um, but I think it's like, I tried to watch another Thor movie and I couldn't even like really watch the whole thing. You know what I mean? I was like so bored and uh, I wasn't bored at all with Thor Ragnarok and um, it's really interesting and, and unique and, 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 and yeah, it's almost like I, I liked it in spite of the fact that I probably wouldn't like it if it was made by somebody else. You know what I mean? So um, I think that's a good thing actually. Um, and uh, I, you know, I wanted to say that almost in like defense of, of Wonder Woman because it's like, there was nothing wrong with Wonder Woman. It's just like not something that I'm, I'm necessarily super into, you know, so, um, that, but Jojo rabbit was like, <laughs> I mean, Oh my God, like the most amazing movie. And, and I thought it had so much heart and so much just, Oh God, I loved it. Uh, it's so good. And, um, what we do in the shadows and yep. yeah, just, uh, I, I love Taika Waititi. So if he could, if he could make me as interested in that Thor movie as he did, um, I can't imagine what he'll be able to do with star Wars, <laughs> something I already am insanely interested in. You know what I mean? Yep. So yeah, I'm, I'm super excited. Um, all right. Well, those are the two movies. Those are the only two movies that were discussed and, and announced. Um, and, uh, I will, I guess real quickly before we move on to, you know, 
um, TV shows, which is everything else in, in the announcement, uh, one way or another. Um, before we move on to that, uh, I don't know how this like plays into the slate of films that had been previously announced, but I think we can, I think we can safely assume that that, that whole slate of films was announced before COVID-19 and, uh, whatever they were saying, then I don't even know if they knew what the three star Wars movies were that they were saying were coming out two years apart for six years or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not convinced they didn't, they knew then. Um, and I, I'm really not convinced that that still stands like in any way, like even like the, the dates pushed off a year or something because of COVID. Like I think it's probably just a total reset at this point. So, yeah. um, these are, are, we are reasonably sure the next two star Wars films. Um, and I would expect that they do have something a little more, uh, I don't know, saga esque, I guess, just for a lack of, you know, a better term trilogy esque, you know, some kind of connected multi-film story, um, in development, uh, because I don't think they're going to just totally get away from that kind of storytelling in the, in the, in the cinema. But, um, you know, I think that they will, they will do these movies, um, and maybe even more movies like this, uh, if they need to, um, as they're cooking up, whatever that next bigger project will be. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I, I think going forward, we, we will have films like this fairly regularly, uh, just in, in like films that maybe stand alone a little more. Um, and then also probably at least, you know, once or twice a decade, a, uh, a kind of series of, of at least a few films that are kind of one story or something. Just my, just my, my hunch or inclination. I suppose there is a chance that the Taika Waititi film is, is part of a larger story, but just the way she talked about it as like this crazy wacky ride you're going to go on. Um, Mm -hmm. I feel like it's probably not so much that. Yeah. And I think, um, I think everything is part of a story, a part of the story now. I mean, I think um, we are seeing, um, you know, I, uh, I, I, I can't really say that for certain with um, what like the film slate is going to look like. Um, and even with, uh, you know, the TV stuff, but we are, uh, I mean, stuff is, stuff is connecting uh, in, I think, there, there is a, you know, a sense of coherence um, in the, um, you know, the projects that are happening now that um, is, and we'll talk about this more yeah. as we get into more things. But um, yeah. I think like, I, I think we, I don't know, because I, th- I think there will be another trilogy because it seems weird not to. <laughs> Because that's how we've always thought of Star Wars is in terms of trilogies. And those are, you know, the kind of the defining moments and then everything else kind of fills in the gaps. But I, I don't know if that will always be the approach. I think it's possible that it might not be. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think it's possible. Um, I Things are more connected than I ever would have expected them to be. So, you know, I'd have to sort of like... I don't know if mea culpa is quite the right way way to put it, but I would have to say that I was probably wrong um, or definitely wrong. Like a couple of years ago, I would not have expected um, things to be quite as connected as they are in terms of, you know, some of these TV shows and, and, and even the standalone films and things like that. Um, and uh, especially the connection to like the books and the comics and video games and, and all of that. Like there has been more of that than I would have expected there to be. Um, 
what I kind of mean, and I don't really know anything about Tolkien or anything like that, but you know, like if this was the Tolkien universe and they were like, well, we're making a Tom Bombadil movie or whatever. It's like, you could certainly, I mean, certainly it's connected. Right. But at the same time, like, you know, it's not quite the Lord of the Rings. You know what I mean? Like there, it's not that things aren't connected and they don't matter or anything like that. But what I'm saying is that like, it's like almost like, you know, each of these trilogies is like a generational tale. You know what I mean? And you can only do that maybe every 15 years or something, you know, it's not like all the time, but I do think that there's like this, I I don't know, like, you know, Taika's movie might be super connected to like four different Star Wars things in the Star Wars universe, but there's something about, it doesn't have to be a trilogy even, you know, how how many Harry Potter movies are there? Seven of them, whatever it is. But there's, there's something about like, you go see the first installment in a series of films at Christmas, you know, one year, and you know, two years later that that story is going to be picked up in directly, specifically that story. And it's going to continue. And, and you're going to go on this journey with a specific group of characters. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I'm talking about. Like, and I think that, they will continue to do that, but they don't have to do it so often. Like, you know, oh, well, we finished a trilogy. Two years later, we'll start the next trilogy or something. They'll feel more special, like that kind of movie, because there's five years where you don't have that kind of movie in the cinema, and then all of a sudden you do again. You know what I mean? Um, but then you have these other movies, you know, surrounding them or whatever. Uh, not necessarily that the, that, you know, that kind of movie would supersede these movies either because how many people say Rogue One is like their favorite Star Wars movie? You know what I mean? I'm not even trying to say that they're 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 better or more important or anything, but just like, I think that the standalone movies are a decidedly different approach than that sort of once a decade or whatever it is, but the kind of like core, epic, multi-pronged, multi-film kind of story. You know what I mean? And I bet if Ryan Johnson does movies, that's the kind of thing he'll do. You know, I don't think he'll come in and do like a, a one off movie or even a two off movie. Like I think if he comes in and he makes more star Wars movies, it'll be, I don't know, like a bigger thing. It's kind of off topic though, for what we're talking about. Like, I don't know. I'll let you close out on that. You say whatever you want. And then yeah. we move forward. I mean, I think two things. Um, first, uh, old Tom Bombadil is a merry fellow. Bright blue his jacket is and his boots are yellow. <laughs> oh, Tom Bombadil, Tom Bombadil. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, I think that is that is an absolute truth in all of this. And uh, second, I think um, I think anything is possible. I think that's what we are. If 2020 has taught us anything about Star Wars is that uh, all bets are off and (laughs) anything is possible. That's my takeaway uh, from Star Wars in 2020. All right. Good call. Good call. Hey, we're 42 minutes in and we we have talked about two movies that they gave us absolutely no information about. Um, And there's like 25 TV shows that they gave us actually substantial information about so we should keep going yep, yep. um <laughs> the next announcement or the next uh, kind of story in in this in the starwars.com uh feature is the obi-wan kenobi show and um man i don't know it's probably is not cool to say but i i might be the most excited about this announcement and this, this story uh <laughs> I can't wait for you and McGregor to be back as Obi-Wan Kenobi. We know it's happening. We, or we have known it's happening. Um, I believe it's rumored to start shooting in 
a month or two or three months, something like that, like very soon mm-hmm. it start shooting. Um, and uh, I think the kind of confirmed information that we got today that we did not know about, um, or I, I don't know that we knew at least 100%, uh, number one, it's called Obi-Wan Kenobi. Probably could have guessed that based on, um, or, or like at least after the fact, seeing the names of all these other shows, <laughs> probably could have guessed it would be called Obi-Wan Kenobi because that's basically um, every show is just the name of the character. It stars, which is logical. You know, it makes okay. sense. But it's not particularly thrilling. I, w- I think we were referring to it as Kenobi. Well, sure, sure, sure. And sure. a lot of these other shows are just names just like single names so i'm actually a little surprised it's obi-wan kenobi especially with kenobi being such an iconic name that like you you know you say kenobi like anyone knows you're talking about obi-wan yeah but they're choosing to call this obi-wan kenobi as opposed to ahsoka tano or cassian andor like that's interesting yeah 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 i guess you know yeah okay that's true but just naming every show after either the last name the first name or a combination of the first and last name of the characters it stars is is probably the best choice marketing wise but uh it does not seem particularly creative to me but that's fine it's it it is probably the least important thing we'll talk about tonight is what they're calling all these shows. Who cares? Um, I I would have preferred midlife Ben Kenobi. (laughs) Yeah. 40 days in the Tatooine desert or something. You know what I mean? I don't know. Something like that. I mean, obviously no, that would be awful, but uh, (laughs) I don't know, but whatever. Uh, It's called Obi-Wan Kenobi. It's set 10 years after revenge of the Sith. Um, I don't know if we knew that or not. I think we probably could have made a guess uh, along those lines, but I don't know that we knew that for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's cool. Uh, it is being helmed, directed by Deborah Chow, which we did know and uh, I'm excited about. I think it's going to be really cool to have a series that has the same director for every episode and, and the director running the show. I think that's going to be really good. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that's just one of those things that we're, I'm just glad to have confirmed. Like we yeah. knew Deborah Chow was attached to this project. Um, we've also seen the writer change. So I think there was some concern at some point um, that maybe the director would have changed too. But that's true. That not the case. That's true. Uh, and in 2017, you know, we knew that Ryan Johnson was doing a trilogy of movies and uh, <laughs> now we don't know that anymore. So yeah, things, mm-hmm. things definitely can change. Mm-hmm. Um, just quickly on the writer front though. I don't know. It's interesting. Uh, the whole writer thing, like the writer changed, but TV is a weird, a weird thing. I, I, and I don't know how it works. I'm not pretending to know how it works, but I kind of feel like that, that writer wrote, you know, probably the basis of the show and wrote drafts of like the scripts of most of, if not all of the episodes. And, um, it's a little different than if like a director's on a show and then a director leaves a show, you know what I mean? Or, or a movie or whatever. Uh, I think because, um, you know, that writer's work is still going to be probably an integral part of, of the series. Um, I mean, I don't know that for sure. Maybe they threw out everything he did and they're starting over, but I don't think so. And based on the comments that you McGregor had made, I, I don't think so. So, um, we'll see, you know, like Gary Witta, I think wrote, I think he wrote the first draft of Rogue One. Right. And then he was done writing on the movie and multiple other writers wrote on it, but I mean, it was still, 
I don't know. It wasn't this big controversy like, oh, Gary Widow's not on the show anymore. You know what I mean? It's just, I, I don't know. So we'll we'll see. We don't know that much about any of that. Um, I'm, I'm, not, I'm pretending to know. But yeah. uh, I think it's talked about like as if it's a controversy or like a bad thing um, just because nobody really knows what's going on. And once you hear something like that, it's like, well, I don't have anything else to speculate on or think about or talk about as far as the show goes. So it must be some awful you know, it must be a sign that it's in big trouble or something, you know, and I, I don't know if that is the case or not. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I guess it's kind of like the rogue one reshoots controversy. Um, or well, not- rogue one's a perfect, ex- sorry. Well, go ahead. Sorry. Um, I think the, I think the thing with the Kenobi show, um, in the, the writer is when they originally announced it, they were like, we have these episodes written and they're great. I like, it was something along those lines when Kathleen Kennedy announced it, that like these episodes are written, the scripts are in, the scripts are great. And Ewan McGregor is like, yeah, these scripts are great. And then it was like, well, this person's off the original writers off the project and there's someone new uh, writing it. And I think that's where the disconnect is and where things got a little weird. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably true. Um, I mean, but then after the fact, Ewan was like, Hey, the scripts are still great. We're just doing another pass on them. Granted. I mean, it's, it's sort of like, you know, when Kathleen Kennedy tells you, Hey, no rogue one's in great shape. What are you talking about? Reshoots? Like, you know, can you trust that person or not? Who knows? Um, not because either either of them are not trustworthy, but just because it's like, that's their project they're working on and they're going to protect it. Right. They should. Um, but I think Rogue One's a great example because you had like writers on and off the project, which I think was not controversial and not necessarily a sign of trouble, but then you had directors on and off the project and that probably was controversial and a sign of trouble. You know what I mean? So it's, it's sort of like, uh, sometimes it, it is a sign of trouble and sometimes it isn't. And you probably don't really know until after the fact, if you ever know, which we only kind of know about Rogue One, so um, but again, this is why our episodes are three hours long because it's not really that important to what we're talking about now, which is, <laughs> we know Deborah Chow is helming the show. We know that it's set 10 years after Revenge of the Sith and Ryan, <laughs> we now know that Hayden Christensen will be back as Darth Vader, um, which is how it's described in this press release or this, this new story. Hayden Christensen will be back as Darth Vader, um, and then there's a a quote uh, from Kathleen Kennedy, which sets my mind racing. Um, Kathleen Kennedy's prepared, considered statement about this show is that uh, it will be the rematch of the century, which really gets my mind racing and going. What? Yeah, that's what she says. This will be the rematch of the century. And then um, Hayden Christensen's statement is that it was an incredible journey playing Anakin Skywalker. Anakin and Obi-Wan weren't on the greatest of terms when we last saw them. It will be interesting to see what an amazing director like Deborah Chow has in store for us all. I'm excited to work with you. And again, it feels good to be back. It feels so good to read those words out loud. Like as somebody who loves the prequels, as somebody who loves Hayden Christensen and, and Ewan McGregor as somebody who wept in the movie theater when they had their battle on Mustafar literally wept. And, and I've like, Same. I ne- yeah, wept. Same. Um, it is just so exciting 
to know that that Hayden and Ewan will be back playing those those characters again. Um, man, I think back to 2012, or, or I think it was 2012, right, when Disney bought Star Wars. If you would have told me, oh yeah, in 10 years you'll get a TV show with Anakin and 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 Obi Wan and you know whatever, like I would have, I would not have wanted it. But I cannot tell you how happy I am to like read these words mm-hmm. in this press release and how unbelievably excited I am to see this happen. Like, I cannot wait. I am so excited. Yeah, there's, um, you know, I think this is, um, and he looks like a straight up dime piece in this photo on the, on the website too. Like, Oh yeah. yeah. Oh my God. I love him. So yeah, go ahead. Still the best looking man on the planet. <laughs> um, yeah. And this is something I think both, uh, you and I are, uh, we owe our friend Chris an apology um, because I think this is something he has brought up. I, I can never tell if it's in jest or if he's being sincere about it or he's just like, I want Hayden. I want Hayden back. And we both, I think all of us in our Star Wars text chain are like, yeah, cool. <laughs> um, I mean, that would be cool, but it's not happening. Um, yeah. Yeah. And uh turns out it's happening and it's very cool. I I mean yeah, there's a there's a lot uh a lot happening here. Um I don't it's hard to say how much of Hayden will kind of come out in this with him being in the Vader costume. Um, you know, him being Darth Vader. Did I hear Lindsay in the background be like, what What was that? Did I hear that or no? I don't know. I think you (laughs) um, are just hearing things. Um, (laughs) I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what, uh, you know, how I, we're not, we're obviously not going to get the same, Hayden that we um you know fell in love with yeah. in the yeah. prequels. Yeah. Um but I I also just like I don't really know how um you know I'm 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 a little sad that like we we we've just we've seen like seen and heard a lot of people play Darth Vader and um, you know, through, you know, the, you know, Rebels and um, Rogue One and, you know, all that. And I don't know how, how they're going to like make this special. Mm-hmm. Um, and also how to make this not completely contradict what we know from a new hope um that's a concern of mine um so i'm i have like some apprehension around this but like honestly what i want most of the from this is i just want to see some behind the scenes footage of hayden and ewan on set (laughs) (laughs) give me those Attack of the Clones, Revenge of the Sith, bonus feature vibes, um, which I 
you know watched repeatedly when those movies came out and them just hanging out on the set having a good time together and working super hard together um yeah give me give me that and that's you know that's gonna feel real good look um uh, Disney Gallery Obi Wan Kenobi with Hayden and Ewan McGregor hanging out um, with Deborah Chow and Kathleen Kennedy in a room. Um, it'll be worth any weird canon vibes that the show might give you. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's true. Um, yeah, no, for sure. And I, and I think to uh, you know, reading interviews and watching those DVDs and 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 hearing about uh, you know, I, th- I think the the story is uh, I did go back and look at my making of Revenge of the Sith book, but uh, I want to say that Ewan and, and Hayden got to Australia a month earlier than they had to um, just so they could like practice the hell out of the choreography for their battle. And uh, I remember both of them talking about like how important it was to them to get it just right. And, you know um, yeah, I think they put everything they had into that movie and uh, I think it shows, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I think it's going to be incredible for, for them to be together again. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, you know, we, we got, obviously a, a good deal of time uh with him in your favorite movie ryan attack the clones and um mm-hmm. some, some some obviously some incredible moments between them in, in revenge of the sith but uh but I, I you know i want more you know what i mean like i want more time with with obi-wan kenobi and anakin skywalker uh, mm-hmm. on screen and here's the deal like uh i i give uh well I guess I'll, I'll kind of bring up something Kevin said earlier, which I think makes a ton of sense and, you know, give him credit for, for mentioning this uh, already earlier tonight. But, you know, he said, I wonder uh, to us, he said, I wonder how much Hayden will be playing Darth Vader and how much he'll be a sort of like metaphysical devil on Obi-Wan's shoulder kind of thing, you know? And yeah. and I, I have a feeling and who knows, we'll, we'll find out more as time goes on. I'm sure. I have a feeling that you're bringing Hayden Christensen back for him to play Anakin and play Darth Vader. Um, and, and I bet he'll play Anakin more than he'll play Darth Vader in, in the show. And so whether that's like weird visions or it's flashbacks or whatever it is, um, you know, I love revenge of the Sith and I love Hayden in revenge of the Sith. Hayden walking around in that Darth Vader costume is not, the most impressive part of his performance right. in that movie. You know what I mean? So I feel like that's probably not the heart of what this is. Uh, I could certainly be proved wrong. Who knows what it'll be. Maybe it'll be a lot of him in his meditation chamber with his helmet off. You know, I don't, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I think Kevin might be onto something with that whole, like uh, ain't a devil on the shoulder, something spiritual, metaphysical, weird, you know, whatever. Yeah, I mean, especially if this is a show about kind of like a a broken man hanging out in the desert, mm. um, yeah. you know, it it really kind of sets up those uh, those vision vibes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, because I mean, the idea of like this this show's so weird. This is like. <laughs> You've got you've got to have good scripts because this is the yeah. easiest thing to mess up in the world. Because um, you've got to have Obi Wan on Tatooine the whole yeah. time. It gets well, weird if he's like supposed to be watching Luke and he's like flying all over the galaxy going on adventures. I yes, it does get weird, and I don't. I really don't want that to be what the show is, and I don't think it will be. 
Mm-hmm. That being said, you know, like, I, dude, I got to be honest. I mean, you know, if, if anybody listens to the show and, and hears the kind of, you know, crap I have to say every week, you know that I am not the kind of person who likes to do this, like, loopholing with the storytelling and, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But but I think people have made a lot of compelling arguments that that say, like, that dialogue in A New Hope, like, the last time I saw you, you know, whatever, like, that, all that stuff... It, there is wiggle room that, you know, he doesn't say the last time I saw you on Mustafar, last time I saw you when you chopped me in half, like last time I saw you when you turned me into Darth Vader, you know, it just says like, it's been a long time, asshole, since we've seen each other. And <laughs> there, there, it's not super specific. So I do think there's the wiggle room to tell a story where they crossed each other's paths when Anakin was a- after Mustafar. You know what I mean? Um, I It's weird. And it's you're definitely probably taking some license and liberty to get there, but for some super meaty, dramatic Shakespearean Obi Wan Kenobi, Anakin Skywalker, Ewan McGregor, and Hayden Christensen meaty storytelling, like I, I think I am willing to like kind of suspend my disbelief and like, you know, kind of allow the mulligan on that <laughs> um, <laughs> if if it's done right, and I in a think that it probably would be you know yeah i mean uh i yeah i'm i think i have enough trust in the people involved um i mean i extremely trust deborah chow um i don't know much about either of the writers on the show Mm -hmm. um but i trust you in I trust Hayden um, that they would, you know, bring bring the authenticity because I mean they they are Obi Wan Kenobi and Anakin Skywalker. Yeah. Um. So yeah, but still, the idea like the first thing I picture is like you know um, I'm just thinking of that scene in Rebels where you know Darth Maul shows up. Um, in an amazing episode, um, but one that does not sound good on paper, um, where Darth Maul shows up to Obi-Wan's, uh, you know, hut on Tatooine, mm-hmm. and they have a battle. Like, I picture that happening with, like, Darth Vader, and I'm like, that sucks. <laughs> that's, that's, that's real dumb. Yeah. Um, so... But can I, can I stop you there? Because I think it is, like, the perfect, um kind of analogy or reference to make because i hate i really hate that on paper but i love the execution of it in the sense that and i don't remember who wrote that episode or who directed it or whatever but um sam whitworth is probably involved in the storytelling process whatever but like the people involved you know that was very much a hey this is like it could be this big fan service moment you've got this battle between obi-wan and darth maul whatever and they totally turned it into this like samurai movie, like super thoughtful, intellectual, just like spiritually like poignant and and appropriate moment. And like I was also gonna bring up when you were talking about this, the 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 best scene to me in the Jedi episode of The Mandalorian is Grogu and Ahsoka sitting around in the woods with that big moon in the background up in the horizon, you know, and like just her talking and 
and, and the goosebumps that we all got when she just even mentioned the name Anakin Skywalker because of the weight of that and what that meant, you know? Um, I just feel like this show is going to be, and, and I could be so wrong, we have no idea, but I just feel like the show is going to be so much more of a drama and a character study than even a show like, you know, The Mandalorian or whatever, you know, which I love. But I, I think, I really think like that episode of Rebels that you brought up is like, a, probably a good example of the kind of choices that they'll make in this show. I think the action sequences will be brief. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm speculating like crazy about something that hasn't even started shooting yet, but mm-hmm. that would just be my inclination that it would be much more of, Hey, these guys are older now. Um, it's not about, we already had the big blow off. Hey, they got to get to Australia a month early and practice the choreography fight scene in Revenge of the Sith. Like, it's not about recreating that. It's not about trying to top that, you know, in the same way that the, the, tw- uh, wasn't called Twin Sons, was it? I forget what that episode of the Rebel it was of, called of, Twin Sons. It was called Twin Sons. Okay. That episode of Rebels, like, it wasn't about, like, oh, we got Obi Wan and Darth Maul together again. Let's see if we can top Duel of the Fates, you know? Like, that's not at all what it was about. And they didn't even try it, you know? Um, and that was for an animated TV show that was mostly for kids and it, and it aired on, you know what, like Disney XD and mm-hmm. they made that choice. So when you get Anakin, uh, sorry, when you get Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen and Deborah Chow and, you know, these brilliant people together to, to put together the story, I, j- I just feel like it's going to be really tasteful and thoughtful and smart. And, uh, I don't know. I, I wouldn't even be surprised if, if <laughs> it doesn't go over all that well with some fans, if it's going to be, the kind of story I'm imagining it to be uh, because I, I think it might be more meditative and slow and, uh, and that episode of rebels could be a perfect, uh, you know, kind of comparison to make. Yeah. Well, I hope there's a lot of meditating. Yeah, um, for sure. <laughs> That's uh, you know, I hope there's a lot of that um, happening, but <laughs> we can't forget that uh, Kathleen Kennedy said this will be the rematch of the century. That's true. That's true. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's a fair point, but I kind of want to see that too. So it's okay. Like, I'm good uh, I, I also want to see that. Too. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. E- either way, whatever this, I think this is like, this is the project that for me, whatever they do, I'm going to like it. Even mm-hmm. if like, it could be like, if, if like someone could like describe it to me and I'd be like, that's the worst, like, fan service garbage ever. Get that out of here. And then, like, when I sit down and watch it, I'm going to like it. Oh, Whatever I mean, it is, yeah. I'm going to like it. Yeah. <laughs> they would have to, like, it would have to be really bad before <laughs> before I would not be into it. You know what I mean? Um, which is not necessarily the case with a lot of other stuff. You know what I mean? Like, The Mandalorian didn't have to be that bad before I'd probably be pissed off about it. You know what I mean? But, like, the Ewan McGregor... Hayden Christensen TV show, like they're going to have to really screw it up before I'm pissed, you know? Uh, which maybe I shouldn't say that before they actually make it. You know what I mean? Maybe I should pretend my standards are, uh, I don't know though. Actually, now that I say that out loud, maybe my logic is off there because maybe because I have such reverence for those characters and those actors and everything, um, maybe they're more likely to, uh, step on a mortar and frustrate me. I, I don't know. That's true. You are, yeah. I mean, you are very invested. Mm-hmm. We I am old and I'm, I'm easily grumpy. You know what I mean? To quote uh, 
Anakin. Um, I can be very grumpy. So who knows? Yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll see. I, man, yeah, that's exciting. Okay, I, I will say that is it is the thing that I'm most excited about. Like I'm losing my mind about this. Um, and I, I have ear to ear like smile mega joy just at the Hayden Christensen announcement. I'm so excited that they just admitted it too. Yep. Uh, I, I texted, uh, you know, uh, Caleb, friend of the show, Caleb earlier. And I was like, look, man, uh, I bet they just knew because first off it kind of already did leak, but not in a super, um, I feel like it wasn't in a super like confirmed way, you know, mm-hmm. um, like we knew Ahsoka was going to be in the Mandalorian season two. Like we straight up knew it, like hardcore knew it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a pretty good feeling like there were rumors out there and it seemed likely that that Hayden would be in the Obi-Wan show, but I don't think it was like Ahsoka level confirmed. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, it was like one of 5,000 Star Wars rumors that we have come across in the past like year. Yeah, and we've come across it a few times versus like, you know, every day you wake up and there's more confirmation that Ahsoka is in the Mandalorian, you know, yep. so... It wasn't on that level, but but I think they probably knew. I mean, once Hayden is in London or wherever they're shooting the show and everything else, like it was going to leak. So uh, I'm kind of glad that they just confirmed it. Mm-hmm. But that leads us into the next uh, show announcement for today, which is the Ahsoka show. Um, it's not called the Ahsoka show. It's called Ahsoka. <laughs> um, kind of cool if it was called the Ahsoka show. I like that. I like it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but no, uh, Ahsoka is the name of the show, and um, it is a limited series, as most of these, or many of these series are anyway. Uh, it's a limited series. It's written by Dave Filoni, of course, um, and executive produced by Dave Filoni and John Favreau, and starring Rosario Dawson. Uh, probably the least surprising announcement of the day, um, yeah. potentially. I think we all knew something like this was on the horizon, but very much like a, a Mandalorian um, spinoff, you know, like down to the fact that it's Dave and John that are doing it. And uh, yeah, um, I mean, we don't know what to expect exactly, but uh, I feel like, you know, um, the Jedi episode of The Mandalorian is probably a fairly good indicator of where we're going with the show. Yep. Um yeah, this I think this is probably the least surprising of mm. the announcements. Um, I yeah, I think it, <laughs> you know the the Jedi episode of the Mandalorian definitely set up that Ahsoka has her own story that is maybe not completely in line with the goals of the Mandalorian, both the character and the kind of mission statement of the show um, itself. So I think, I mean, I think we've talked openly about how, yeah, there's going to be an Ahsoka spinoff. Like that's, that's happening. That's what, uh, you know, everything kind of indicates. Um, And, you know, the, why they would get someone like Rosario Dawson in and, um, and everything to kind of, to kind of carry the show. Um, and yep, turns out that's exactly what it is. Um, we do have this like trippy logo. For yeah, it. man, the, the logo is so world between worlds. It is wild. Mm-hmm. Like, 
I don't know. I need, yeah, I need, I definitely need someone to unpack this because I think there's significance in here. Um, I think there's a few things. There's, it looks like a, like a star chart in the background. Um, maybe there's some text on the outside of it or some symbols. I don't really know. Um, that looks like text or symbols. It looks like, like Elvish from Lord of the Rings. A thousand percent. I just opened the logo in a separate, the image in a separate tab. It's not a huge like resolution. It's only a thousand by 500. Um, but I zoomed in on it a little bit and it's starting to get blurry. It's starting to get a little fuzzy. Um, but do it, it's the, the, the text screams Lord of the Rings. It screams world between worlds. It screams Mortis, all that stuff. Um, yeah, you could look at the star chart and be like, well, that's like what maps look like in star Wars, but no, I mean, yes, but it's like the hippie version of a map. I mean, it's, it's totally, I I think if the logo is a good indicator of where the show is going to go in terms of, you know, vibe and, and whatever atmosphere, um, and storytelling direction, like I think it's going to be very much like uh, World Between Worlds and Mortis, and um, you know the episode of the Clone Wars with the Wills and Yoda and all that. I, I think it's going to veer into that direction. Um, mm-hmm. I well, I, if if I'm basing it on what I see in this logo, I think it's going to veer into that direction. You know, if I'm basing it on Chapter whatever it was, the Jedi of the Mandalorian. You know, I, I didn't necessarily get that vibe, but. Uh, this definitely gives me that that feeling. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I I think um, this. Uh, I don't know. I would you know. I would I would like to see um, Dave Filoni embrace his love of Lord of the Rings um, in you know and have like a vehicle to do that in you know in the same way he embraced his love of samurai films and princess mononoke in the jedi um and yeah you're right i i get uh weird like weird fantasy kind of like trippy vibes from this and uh i don't know i i for one i'm here for it well, I'm going to toss this out there, Ryan. Um, uh-huh. I don't think I'd go so far as to say I'm here for it, but I would go so far as to say that I am looking at a blog post on StarWars.com that features so many new shows and stories and directions that Star Wars is going in, et cetera, so on and so forth. Um, mm-hmm. I am much more comfortable with the idea that some of this stuff might not be totally for me or might not totally thrill me than I was when um, the Clone Wars was on TV and it was like the primary new Star Wars thing and they were introducing, you know, Mortis and stuff that I might not like. And I like the Clone Wars. I like Ahsoka. I like Dave Maloney. I like all that stuff. I like George Lucas, you know what I mean? <laughs> Who was heavily involved in, in in some of the stuff I'm bringing up that wasn't really for me. But sometimes, you know, there'd be new things in Star Wars that kind of, weirded me out and to me felt like they didn't fit um and i think i'm going to be a lot more comfortable with stuff like that now because a some of that stuff i'm going to love even though it doesn't fit into the kind of star wars i'm used to and expect 
Um, and B, because when there is something I don't necessarily love all that much, um, there's five other things <laughs> that same year that I do love. You know what I mean? So it's just not going to have the weight, I guess, is the point. Like if Ahsoka starts like, you know, like if you can watch the pilot episode of Ahsoka, like set to Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon, and it totally lines up, I will hate that. But it'll be just like one of five things that come out that year that are Star Wars. And so I, I think I'll be able to relax about it a little more. We'll see. But I think I, I would be okay with it. You know what I mean? Did you follow that at all? Or yeah. Or making sense? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think, uh, I don't know. I think I'm excited for this. I, I'm more surprised than, um, than I thought I would be. You're you're surprised by how much you're excited by it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because I think on paper, um, maybe I wouldn't have been, um, but you know, I think ultimately, um, I don't, I don't think it was perfect, but I think, um, you know, and I, I recognize some of the complaints around it, but I, you know, I, I really love the, the Jedi, um, Mm -hmm. episode of Mandalorian. I, um, you know, as a like piece of Star Wars, like I really, I really do authentically love it. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I think, um, you know, I think Dave, we've already kind of seen, um, you know, him kind of developing as a live action filmmaker. And I think, uh, you know, both of us are reading the, art of the Mandalorian book Mm -hmm. and we kind of get like that book is weirdly like also kind of Dave's journey um into (laughs) becoming a live action filmmaker yeah um and yeah and I think like I'm you know with those things in mind I'm I'm pretty excited for uh for what this could be yeah I'm excited for it too um just quickly on the on the note of the Mandalorian art of book, uh, I, I get the impression reading that book that the the show is almost well. It seems like Dave, uh, uh, sorry, it seems like John Favreau writes most of the scripts and and kind of plots out uh, a lot of the the show, and it's sort of his show in that regard. But in turn, it kind of feels like in terms of like the day to day and and I don't know a lot of the. Uh, in a lot of ways, it, it feels like they're co-running the show. You know what I mean? More so when you read the book than than the way it's kind of labeled or whatever. You know, um, and and you know if you watch like Disney Gallery, The Mandalorian, like Dave's on every episode. They give Dave a ton of credit. Like I mean, it, it's not like they don't you know uh, present him as like a very important person. You know, running the show and as a a key component of the entire series and not just the episodes he directs or anything, but um, man, you really get the impression that he is, it's really a, the John and Dave show, you know what I mean? Versus the John show and Dave was nice enough to bring, or the, (laughs) yeah, the John show and John was nice enough to bring Dave under his wing. You know, it doesn't actually feel like that when you read the story and, and learn more about it, Um, which is cool. It's interesting to to learn that. Um, And, you know, like, a lot of those comments I was making are, you know, I was just kind of talking about the logo to be honest with you, but the, the prospect of a show about Ahsoka, um, especially in the context of, of, I mean, we have the Obi-Wan show, so that's cool, but like everything else like Rogue Squadron and, 
you know, the other um, Disney Plus shows, none of it are really about like Jedi, you know what I mean? Or the force or like the mystical things, at least not on paper. So I'm, I'm predisposed to be excited about the Ahsoka show, you know, for that reason, uh, alone, you know what I mean? And, and I like the character of Ahsoka a lot too. It's just like, sometimes they get a little weird with, uh, with the, um, their interpretation of the force as it relates to, you know, her and, and some of the, the journeys she goes on with the force. And, and I'm a little bit of a, I guess I'm kind of a, a fundamentalist when it comes to the force sometimes, you know what I mean? My, my thinking is limited. I don't really have a growth mindset when it comes to the force and how it's presented, you know? So, uh, that might be something that all these different projects are going to help me break out of, but, uh, but yeah, no, I mean, I'm, I'm excited about the show overall. And, uh, and I think Dave is, is great, you know? And, uh, and I think he's more than proved himself with what he's done with, uh, the Mandalorian. And, um, and I say that, um, fully acknowledging he directed by far my least favorite episode of the show. So, uh, yeah, no, he, he's, he's great. And, uh, yeah, I think this will be cool. Um, I will posit the question or, or bring up the fact that, you know, just one story above this in the, uh, the press release here or the news story on Star Wars to come, we have a headshot of Hayden Christensen and all this discussion of how he'll be in Obi-Wan, uh, the show Obi-Wan Kenobi. I feel like he's got to pop up in Ahsoka too. It seems more than logical. He would pop up in Ahsoka, but it's really, that is really interesting because as much as people say, uh, well, as much as people love, um, Matt Lanter's Anakin in the Clone Wars. And there's a lot of people out there will say, Matt Lanter's my Anakin. You know what I mean? Like that's the Anakin I spent the most time with. That's the Anakin I, I really feel connected to, et cetera, so on and so forth. Um, you know, Ahsoka is an important part of the story. She's, she's clearly integrated very deeply into the canon at this point. But, um, you know, there's always that, that thing where like she wasn't in the movies. She never interacted with Hayden Christensen, Anakin. Um, it could be really great actually to make that crossover and have this character of Ahsoka, um, you know, interact on screen in live action with the live action Anakin Skywalker, you know, as far as the integration of these canon elements and all that kind of stuff goes, like that could be a, a really big deal and a big moment. And it certainly makes all kinds of sense to have Hayden show up in some capacity in an Ahsoka show, right? I, I mean, depending on the time period. <laughs> I'm talking cameo, man. I'm talking cameo. It could be flashback. It could be force. It would origin. have to be a flashback. Yeah, probably. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I'm not talking like, I don't mean uh, he's like a big part of the show or anything, but just you've got him back anyways. Like he's 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 working for Disney Plus. He's doing a show in 2021. That's, you know, in the Star Wars. It's It just, it seems... Uh, so much more plausible and so much more likely and so much more like, why wouldn't you write a scene for Hayden Christensen in the show? Like, I, I mean, I mentioned before the goosebumps were out of control when, when Ahsoka said the word Anakin on screen in live action. She didn't even say the word or wait, she, did she? She did. she did. I think she said Anakin, but you know what I'm getting to either way, right? Um, yeah. Whether she stated or implied it, it's like, yeah. It was so powerful just to even like have that acknowledged. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know. I think the chances are strong 
that you would get some kind of Hayden Christensen cameo moment scene, whatever in an Ahsoka show. Yeah. Oof. Too much. <laughs> Speaking of too much, Ryan, should we move on to the next show? Yep. Uh, <laughs> the next show is also a Mando spinoff show. We know nothing about it. Um, everything we might say about it is total speculation, but I think it's pretty informed uh, speculation. The show is called Rangers of the New Republic. Mm-hmm. Sounds kind of cheesy right off the bat, to be honest with you. The logo is a little corny. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think it might feature Cara Dune, who most of us, including myself, and I think you, Ryan, have soured on pretty strongly at this point. Uh-huh. Yep. So just not super excited. That being said, this could feature Bo-Katan and uh, Sasha Banks's character. I forget mm-hmm. her name at the moment. Um, so that would be a little more compelling, but... This has the most, like, uh, it's got the most Rescue Rangers vibe of all the shows announced uh, today, I think, you know? I don't know. There was a new Rescue Rangers announced. Oh, was it really? Yeah. um, Starring, it's like the Lonely Island people are involved, like Andy (laughs) Samberg. Like, yeah. Um, Uh, Well, okay. Nothing Um, is ever. Really dead or... uh, no one's ever really gone um, yeah, okay, yeah. I don't know uh, I'm not excited for this this uh, is the least this is the the lowest of my excitement of everything that was announced today yeah um, um, I think part of it is um, you know knowing that this could you know the rumors around the Cara Dune show um, and her you know just I like Cara Dune as a character. Do not like Gina Carano as a person. Um, so that sucks. Um, I was kind of hoping that they would continue her story in like a comic or a book or something like that. Mm. Um, but it, you know, it's just it's weird to, you know, be consuming work by someone who uh, has not proven to be a very kind or good person um and has been you know saying and doing things that harm a lot of people and uh using her platform for some really nasty shit um so don't love that um and i think like the the logo and title um don't really do much to excite me Mm -hmm. Uh, it feels like you know c tier eu like if you if you saw this cover on a book at barnes and noble you're like okay i'm gonna reread the new jedi order before i i read this like i'm gonna read all 27 of those books or whatever before i before i get to this one because uh eesh um but yeah i mean there's also um you know the you know, Mando is, you know, has provided a lot of fertile ground for interesting storytelling. And there is this line in the preview mm-hmm. that, um, you know, executive producers, John Favreau and Dave Filoni, uh, the will intersect with future stories and culminate into a climactic story event. Yeah. So 
Um, I know that you offered that up as like a, hey, you know, I'm not that excited about this show, but there is this. Uh-huh. This is this is more fuel for me to not be excited about this show, to be honest with you. I mean, I'm sorry, but, uh, and I, I think I've been like annoyingly excited tonight, you know what I mean? And like very yeah. positive and hyped up. Like I'm, I'm, I'm buzzing, you know what I mean? About all these announcements. I just don't like the idea of Dave Filoni and John Favreau. And I was just, you know, complimenting both of them and, and talking about what a great job they're doing with Mano and whatever. But I just don't like the idea of like, Hey, Dave Filoni and John Favreau made Mandalorian season one. It was awesome. Now they're going to be the overlords of a star Wars televised universe. And, um, you know, they're going to be running, juggling three different shows at once uh, or at once. And, uh, you know, they're all going to like interweave with each other and it's going to build to this big moment. And man, I don't know. Um, it does not sound that good to me. Uh, just like on paper, the concept of that, like, doesn't sound that exciting to me. It kind of sounds forced. It kind of sounds like trying to do the Marvel thing. And, uh, it, 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 to me, it seems like, I don't want to be super negative, so I'll just make it quick, but it really feels like it's going to dilute what the Mandalorian is as a show rather than, um, you know, um, end up improving it. So I think the Ahsoka thing is cool, but I don't think it should cross over with the Mandalorian necessarily. Like just tell us an Ahsoka story, especially because they've labeled the Ahsoka thing, a limited series, like, like Obi-Wan, you know, like six episodes, eight episodes, Cassian Andor too, whatever. Uh, it's a limited thing. We're going to tell a story. It's a contained story. It's on TV. So yes, it's 10 or 12 hours long instead of two and a half, but you know, trying to do this thing with these characters, whatever I just, yeah, I don't know. I'm not into it. I'm not into, let's do a spinoff show and have it weave back into, you know, uh, whatever. Like this is the star Wars version of just the 10 of us splitting off from, uh, growing pains or whatever, you know? nobody's going to be, none of the kids are going to be wearing Freddy Krueger shirts in this show. So I I don't know if I'm into it. That's fair. That's a good push. Um, (laughs) You know, I, I think, uh, you know, too much of a good thing um, becomes less of a good thing. And um, what I was thinking here, um, which I, I think I was approaching this a little differently. Um, just this line about it intersecting with future stories and culminating in a climactic story event. To me, what this set off in my brain was like, this is the connective tissue between the Mandalorian and the sequel trilogy. Like that's where we're going to get that Mm. story that's been hinted at in the Mandalorian, like the rise of the first order. Yeah. Yeah that's what I feel. That's what I feel like reading that line. Well, that sounds more interesting. What I, what I feel like reading that line is you're not going to see Bo-Katan and Cara Dune and uh, Sasha Banks on the Mandalorian too often because they're going to get their own show. But when we get to the end of the Mandalorian in the final season, they'll fly back in and be an important part of the climactic you know, episodes or season of the Mandalorian. (laughs) Yeah. um, I don't know. I guess, yeah, there's definitely um, two, two ways to read that, I guess. Um, 
Yeah, I'm not. I'm not even saying that mine is more likely or, or you know, uh, more accurate or anything. But this was, was my first impression, and I hate it. You know, <laughs> I hope you're right because I would. I mean, that would be way more interesting, um, probably. But do I really want Kara? D- oh, I don't know. I don't like it no matter what. I don't think uh, in okay. theory. So they have to win me over because no matter what, I don't think I'm interested. But it sounds really cliche and just like formulaic mm-hmm. if it's what I'm thinking it is. Okay. Um, so let's talk Lando, Ryan. Um, maybe in half of news. Let's talk Lando. What? Oh, where did um, this come from? Oh, you didn't see this one in the press release. I'm breaking this news for you now. You hadn't no, heard no, about no. it. I, I saw it. It was... Uh, <laughs> I'm, kidding. I'm kidding. Just... Um, I don't know. It was like, this was something that was like kind of rumored. Um, I think for a while people were like, you know, this is a sure thing. And then people were like, eh, I don't know. Um, but there's a Lando um, event series for Disney Plus. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, there is. There's not a lot of information about it. And we do know the creative behind it, um, which is Justin Simeon. Um, and he is the creator, according to StarWars.com, of the critically acclaimed Dear White People. Um, have you seen that, Ryan? I have not. I've heard it's brilliant, though. Mm. I've I've had it recommended to me before. Yeah, I haven't seen it either, but uh, I think it it uh, it sounds very promising and, and very appropriate uh, to have a, a creator like that involved in this show. Um, the words Donald Glover do not appear in this press release, but um, I, 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 don't, I don't know why. I don't know why. Um, I, don't, I don't know why. Uh, they can't do it without him. Um, the only way they could do it without him is if it's with Billy D. Williams, which I don't think that's the case. Um, otherwise, you can't do it. You can't do this show without. Uh, I'm sorry, you can't. I, I'm not watching it. Um, you, I mean, you can't do it without Donald Glover. So I, I don't really understand why he's he's not announced in the press release. But um, must be some kind of contract thing or something. You know, I don't I don't know. Um, so I I assume at a very high you know percentage or rate or whatever that uh, this is a a Donald Glover show. Um, and and I'm I'm excited for that because I thought he was amazing as Lando Calrissian, and I think Lando is the kind of character um, that you could tell a million stories about. You know what I mean? Um, Calrissian Chronicles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's so many fun, interesting stories you could tell with Lando Calrissian. Um, when you have an, uh, an actor, um, first off, he played the role brilliantly, but you know Donald Glover himself is an extremely creative. Um, you know, just brilliant artist. you know what I mean? Yeah. So, to, I mean, the, the potential for a show like this is, is, uh, is super high. Mm-hmm. And, um, the, the, what, what's the, the downside is like non-existent. I don't, I mean, you know what I mean? I, I don't like, I can't even think of like, I don't know if they said, Hey, Luke Skywalker, the TV show, you know what I mean? That's like, Whoa, okay. That's, that could be awesome. That's also kind of dangerous because you yep. know, that, that could be, you got to tread lightly there. Um, I think the Lando Calrissian show is just like, there's no, there's no real downside or danger or fear. You know what I mean? Like you could just tell any number of stories with this character. Um, and I, I don't see how you could go wrong, especially with, um, 
a very talented uh, creator and uh, an extremely talented actor like Donald Glover, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's all, it's all, it's all upside to me, um, which is yeah. a, a refreshing uh, change of pace from the last show we talked about. So um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm hugely excited. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, the like Lando stories by the right people um have just uh been like a low-key highlight of um of the disney era um you know i um (laughs) his his apparent uh you know seeing seeing billy d back in rise of skywalker wearing you know the donald glover outfit from solo it's fantastic. It's great. Um, you know, I, uh, yeah, they, you can always say like, Oh, I wish they would have done more with that character. Um, whatever, but it was great. Um, I think obviously Donald Glover in solo. Amazing. Um, also low key, uh, both Lando comic series. Uh, they were both, uh, six issue miniseries. Um, one taking place in like the solo era, uh, one taking place in the OT era, both fantastic. Um, and I feel like they're Star Wars comics that people don't really talk about, um, but they are both really excellent. And I think it just kind of, you know, goes to show that there's a lot of different ways you can use Lando, um, that character. Um, but if you have the right people, like it's, uh, it's kind of impossible to uh to mess up um and i think like there's you know i mean star wars is just so wild like it's it's so cool and that's what's so wonderful about it is you have stuff like you know we were just talking about this like ahsoka series that's like could be like really you know kind of trippy spiritual jedi force stuff and then you can just have a lando story that's like completely tonally different um at the same time but like it's also going to be totally different from like the taika waititi uh movie which you know it's just it's cool um and yeah i think it's weird that donald glover was not mentioned here um but i wonder if that's a piece that's going to come in later. Um, and, and I think like later as part of a package that leans more towards something like a follow-up to solo Mm. that many people have kind of wanted. Um, because if they announce like Donald Glover bat is back, you know, um, you know, as Lando, and also Amelia Clark is back. Mm. Huh. Um or you know um or maybe it, they're trying to figure out how to cast Maul um after <laughs> that weird incident with Ray Park, you know? Who knows? Oh jeez, oh, I completely forgot about that. <laughs> uh man, 2020. Yeah. Um 
No, and, I think you, dude, that makes so much sense. And this is the second time you've done this to me today on this episode. I can't remember now what the first one was, but where I was like super confused and then you laid it out and it's like, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Um, because perhaps they're working on getting Alden Ehrenreich signed to do some cameos or, you know, a small role in the show. Um, or, uh, you know, maybe they don't want to tip their, their hand yet that, uh, Enfys Nest is part of it or whatever it may yeah. be. So, yeah. Um, you're right. Maybe that being said though, uh, uh, I just praise you for this theory and I think it makes a lot of sense. That being said, the show is called freaking Lando. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. You need to nobody's like looking i i can't imagine people are looking at this announcement thinking ah it's a lando show um man who knows if they'll have the guy from solo in it you know what i mean like it seems crazy that it wouldn't you've already basically told us that it's a donald Glover show so um <laughs> you know i mean i i guess wait until you can announce the whole cast but maybe don't tell us it's called lando if you don't want us to you know if you don't want to confirm that uh that donald glover is in it i don't know I don't know how you handle that. I'm not a marketing person and you know, it's fine either way, but yeah, it has to have Donald Glover or I'm officially like angry. I don't know. Um, I just can't see how you can do it without him. Yeah. I think the other, um, major kind of misstep, um, around the show is in this blog post for some reason they don't include the completely sweet ass logo that was shown yeah why where is that where's the logo yeah because a lot of these logos aren't even good the rangers and the new republic logo sucks Mm -hmm. Um, i'm not a big fan of the Andor one to be honest with you no it's appropriate like it the aesthetic is appropriate to i think like what the show is and stuff but i still don't like it you know yeah Meanwhile, the Lando logo slaps and uh, it's nowhere to be found. Yeah, really unfortunate. Yeah, I don't like the Bad Batch logo either. There, I said it. Okay. Um, But yeah, I don't know. I guess that covers it for Lando, right? Like, we're super excited. It's probably going to be great. Where's Donald Glover? Can't wait. Yep. Yeah. That's about it. (laughs) Okay, cool. Um, Let's go on to Andor then. Um, I don't like the name. Uh, I like the name Cassian Andor for a character. I don't Mm -hmm. like the idea of calling the show Andor. Um, Whatever. It's not a big deal, but uh, I don't think it exactly rolls off the tongue or sells the show. Mm -hmm. Um, But that being said, uh, it is being referred to as a nail-biting, a tense nail-biting spy thriller created by Tony Gilroy. I think it's good that they that they stated that because he was like showrunner or I guess directing the episodes or many of them. Um, and he stepped back from doing that, I think, because of COVID concerns with travel. Mm-hmm. Uh, but considering like what what a controversial history the production of Rogue One has, um, mm-hmm. kind of nice that they're still talking about Tony Gilroy and having him front and center. Um as a result, um, other than that, uh, you know, we know it's a nail-biting spy thriller. We know Tony Gilroy. We know Diego Luna, of course. And then they listed off a cast that includes Stellan Skarsgård, Adria Arona, uh, Fiona Shaw, Dennis Goff, Kyle Soler, and Genevieve O'Reilly as Mon Mothma. Um, I think most of those names had been rumored before because many of them I'm not familiar with um, outside of uh, Stellan Skarsgård and Genevieve O'Reilly. but I am familiar with them like in the sense that I've seen them rumored to be involved in the show. Um, 
Not that that really matters, but uh, yeah, I guess I'm, I'm not super surprised by those names, but also don't have any big attachment to any of those actors. I don't know if you do, Ryan. No. No? Okay. Um, and then uh, the, uh, the, the, the article here states that the show kicked off production three weeks ago in London, which is great. I mean, this is one of those projects that was announced that people were a little unsure of for a while there, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I think we had talked at times on the podcast about the idea that like, are we still super confident the show is happening? Um, so, you know, obviously at this point it is, and that's great. Um, it is another, I think limited series, although it doesn't say that here, but that's the assumption that I have, or the understanding that I have is that it's a limited series. Um, and they even gave us a sizzle reel, which is great. You know, I love this. Um, (laughs) It actually takes me back to 2015 in Anaheim when I attended the uh, Future Filmmakers panel that Josh Trank was supposed to be at. But I don't know if you know, Ryan, he got sick that weekend. Uh, So he didn't attend. He got got fired that weekend. Yeah, Pablo Hidalgo and Gareth Edwards were there. And uh, they showed a a fake trailer for Rogue One, even though they hadn't even started shooting it yet. So that was, uh, that was fun. And, um, there is some like behind the scenes footage within the sizzle reel trailer, um, some onset footage, but you know, I don't think there's any footage from the show. Uh, I've watched it twice and there was like a couple shots where I was like, is that from Rogue One? Maybe it's not, I'm not sure. But overall, I mean, what we're looking at is basically a behind the scenes sizzle reel of the, I was going to call it the Cassian Andor show, but I guess I should just get myself in the habit of saying Andor. Andor. This is a behind-the-scenes reel from Andor. Mm-hmm. It looks great. It does. Um, we got to see we got to see some uh, some cool creature development um, happening. Uh, we got to see a little bit of Neil Scanlan. Um, yeah, they uh, lots of lots of like they they like weirdly hyped the amount of like background characters and named characters um which i appreciate there are 200 named characters um i like it uh i'm i'm glad this is happening it was great to see diego luna again um you know i loved all the you know all of his promotional stuff with uh rogue one and um you know the bits we see of him in the behind the scenes footage on like the on the blu-ray and everything um and i love that movie a ton um so this is cool and you know i a tense nail-biting spy thriller Mm. yeah i mean i i know that people make the comparison all the time um the uh the, the showrunners of the americans are are involved or at least were involved with the uh, Andor. Um, and I haven't even watched the Americans really. I've seen a few scenes because, you know, my wife watched it. Uh, and so, you know, I, I saw a few, a few scenes of it. Um, and uh, I'm a huge fan of um, Carrie Russell, you know, um, because I, I go way back as a huge Felicity fan. Um, so I've seen a little bit of it, but not too much. Anyway, the point is, um, you know, I think, you know, we could look to the tone of that show as probably, or the style of that show, um, is probably a big influence on this. Um, 
with a Star Wars twist, of course, you know, and I mean, that sounds, that sounds really unique. It sounds really, uh, like a very new thing for Star Wars. Um, and I think, and I'm not by any means the first person to say this, but I think the, uh, the potential, uh, for the show, the reason for the show to exist is, uh, is very much in that moment in Rogue One when he has to, uh, uh, you know, basically murder bootleg Pablo Hidalgo in, in cold blood in the beginning of the movie, you know? Um, hmm. Because, because, because it, it, it tells you in that moment, right in the beginning of the movie, that uh, this is a guy who's had to do awful things in service of, of something he believes in. And, yeah. um, you know, he kind of gets past that or, or, you know, kind of makes peace with that in, in the film of Rogue One. But I think that this show will be the spy thriller where he's having to commit those sins and having to make those hard choices. And, uh, and, you know, I think if that scene's not there and, you know, okay. Yeah. I was flippant when I talked about bootleg Pablo Hidalgo or whatever, but I, I think the scene's amazing. And, uh, yep. and I think it tells us more about, um, casting an indoor than any other scene in that film. And, uh, uh, I think it totally makes sense to go backwards with this character um, in terms of chronology and time and uh, dig deeper into that. Cause there's so much potential um, on display in that moment, you know, for, for, for storytelling and for complexity. And, uh, and I have to say too, uh, and I've said it probably a thousand times on the show, cause I can't help myself um, every time rogue one comes up, but uh, Diego Luna, man, he blew me away. And so many other people too, but just blew me away in uh, Mama Tambien um, all those years ago. Mm-hmm. And oh, man, ever since then, I've been I've I've loved him as an actor. I've thought he's amazing. Uh, when he was announced to be in Rogue One, I was I was so excited, and um, he did not disappoint in that film. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean he's he's almost like you and McGregor level for me, where I'm like, this is an actor who's just so supremely talented, has so much charisma. Um, yeah, like as much as he wants to do in Star Wars, like I, I'm ready to, uh, I'm ready to see it. For sure, for sure. Um, you know, I think uh, I don't know if I'm paraphrasing or quoting exactly, but the line where he's just like, "Everything I did, I did for the rebellion." Um, that's just you know that sentiment um, is just amazing and kind of unsettling um and a show kind of based around that sentiment is that's it's really intriguing um so yeah i think uh i think that's fantastic um i have i have high hopes for this um and I think we also something that's not mentioned here, because I think they were kind of leaning into the um, you know nail biting spine thriller uh, part of it, um, is that also um, K two S O is going to be in this show. Oh my god! This is the first time tonight that I've thought about the fact that K two S O is in this show. You're hundred percent correct. Like that is totally has been confirmed um mm-hmm. yeah just too much too much tonight to talk about for yeah. this film i just don't think they even yeah so there's 
like this isn't going there's going to be some humor and some fun in this i think uh you know i think what? Uh, what i wonder though now that's actually pretty weird because they say like hey tony gilroy diego luna and then they list off like people you've never people who have never been in in star wars before and actors who i mean i know they have varying levels of uh notoriety or whatever these actors but like how do you not list the actor playing k2so in this list of yeah five six seven actors that are in the show it's weird um but i mean alan tudyk like uh has definitely talked about the show um and what was there was like some event or something was it the last Lucasfilm or the last Disney investors call where he actually was like there was like a recorded clip of him talking about or was he at Celebration or mm-hmm. Comic Con? I, I think, think maybe it was Comic Con. It was yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, I know yeah. what you're talking about. It was uh He hosted a panel. Yeah, that's what it was. Like he was hosting a panel and he was like I think he like even teased the idea of, um, you know, that they were going to show a trailer and then they didn't or something. Yeah, that sounds familiar. But he's definitely confirmed. He had been confirmed to be in the show um, for sure. And I would assume he still is, but I, I'm going to put it out there. I am officially unsettled by the fact that he's not listed in this blurb. I'm not worried about it. Okay. I Yeah. No, I mean, he was, that would be really weird if suddenly he was gone and that character was gone. That would be weird. Well, I would, I would say for one that if, if, if for some reason he decided not to do it, like they didn't want to pay him or the scheduling didn't work out or whatever it is, like I would prefer they write K2 out of the show than recast him. I I don't want anybody else doing it, you know? So, yeah. But also, you know, like, you know, like, there's always the possibility that somebody got mad at somebody else, or you know, like, the, you know, he wasn't getting like what he thought he deserved, or who knows, you know what I mean? Like, I, I hope not. I hope not. But I think stranger things have happened in in Hollywood or whatever you want to say, right? You know? Yeah. Yep. People and a lot of projects. So <laughs> I think um, also, like, it's just you know a good time to acknowledge that everything we're talking about here is an idea. It's a plan. It's not entirely a promise um, because it's not a guarantee. I should say it's a promise. It's not a guarantee Um, because we've had, you know, we mentioned right at the top of the show, Ryan Johnson, we've had star Wars things announced that do not, come to fruition i mean it goes back to you know george talking about i mean george talking about anything um his live action star wars show like you know his underworld uh star wars 1313 yep um yeah all that so we're yeah these are promises they're not guarantees that's a that is a totally a a, a, a valid point a, a good point um, absolutely true uh, and and I think I opened the show tonight 
you know, kind of casting doubt on on the the hope that Ryan Johnson will ever get to do the Star Wars movies they talked about him doing. Um, mm-hmm. But when you just said it out loud there, Ryan, like I just had to, I, I don't know if it's like optimism in me or what, but I had to be like, no, nah, I think he might do them just like 10 years from now. You know, like, I don't know. I, 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 I he might still do them, you know, I hope he still does them. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Um, part of me thinks that it just didn't work out for a variety of reasons. Mm-hmm. And part of me thinks that they know the relationship they have with him and the potential for what he could do is so special that it's just like not any big rush. And, uh, you know, like coronavirus knives out everything else, starting his own production company, blah, blah, blah. Uh, just going to take our time, stay quiet and, uh, probably shouldn't have spilled it, you know, when we did, but, um, you know, it's, it's going to happen when it happens. Like it's a long-term thing. You know what I mean? Uh, I hope. Uh, I don't know that. Actually, I could be totally wrong about that, but I hope that's what it is. And I have some level of of, of hope and, and belief that that could be the case, you know. Um, so who knows? But yes, uh, doesn't change your point, <laughs> which is that uh, all of this stuff could change. Although, you know, the Cassian show, the Obi-Wan show, uh, they were a little more locked in than than other stuff, right? Because sure, most of the start shooting any minute now, you know, Cassian shooting now, where's Alan Tudyk? I mean, either he's there or he isn't, you know, or, or either he's there or he isn't, or the book, the, the flight is booked or it isn't, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. Um, so, okay. Let's talk about the, uh-huh. ac- the acolyte. Uh, it's, 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 it's pretty far into these press releases or this, this news story, but it's really one of the most exciting um, you know, projects being announced here. Um, this is the Leslie Headland show. We've been talking about her. Um, we've known she's doing a show. She is the creator of Russian doll, which I don't think either of us have seen, but we've heard great things about. You're um, really good. Welcome to me talking about any TV show. That's well received. <laughs> hey, I heard it's good. Yeah. 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 Um, probably I need to go check that out. Uh, sooner than later but uh her show is called the acolyte we don't know much else about it except for that it is a mystery thriller which i think lines up with kind of the overall tone of uh russian doll Uh, a mystery thriller and that it will take us into the galaxy of shadowy secrets and emerging dark side powers in the final days of the high republic era whoa (laughs) Whoa, whoa. <laughs> there are some there are some exciting phrases in that synopsis, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. A mystery thriller. I mean, that's intriguing. Um, mm-hmm. especially after having announcements of shows like Rescue Rangers of the Republic or whatever it's called. Um <laughs> to, to be told we're gonna get a, an intellectual heady mystery thriller from Leslie Hedlund. Um sounds pretty enticing. Um and uh Wow. Emerging dark side powers. Can I interest you in some of those, Ryan? Um, <laughs> interested in all of this. Setting it in the final days of the high Republic era. I mean, there's been so much speculation and theorizing like, yeah, they're going to go there. They're going to do, you know, more outside of publishing with high Republic. We weren't sure. 
Um, but this certainly seems to confirm it, right? I mean, it does say the final days of the High Republic, so maybe it's like a little bit separated from what's going on with publishing, but um, but uh, yeah, still kind of um, in that in that same vein, in that same era of storytelling. And um, I think a pretty good indication that the High Republic is probably going to be a big, big component of Star Wars storytelling for a long time. Um, not, you know, two years worth of uh, books and comics. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, the, it's no secret. The High Republic is one of the Star Wars projects I've been most excited for. Um, since it was announced, uh, it was one of the biggest disappointments for me this year um, that it, you know, didn't hit its original launch date. But now we're kind of at the point where just we're weeks away yeah. um, from from High Republic. Um, it's incredible. I just got um, my new issue of Star Wars Insider in the mail and uh, the new issue of Star Wars Insider. Um, contains some original High Republic fiction. Um, I'm still, I'm holding out um, on reading it as I have held out on reading the like preview chapters and stuff that have been posted for um, the novel. Because basically for me, as soon as Mando season two ends in, oh God, two weeks, um try try seven days uh eight days seven and oh, a half days. There's, yeah we're we're like one sleep away from a new episode of mandalorian we're like yeah. hours away as we're yeah. recording this that's yeah. wild yeah. um but yeah as soon as mando season two ends i'm just going full in on high republic mm-hmm. um that's going to be like where my brain lives um and so I'll be reading, you know, the stuff in Insider and um, obviously all the books. Um, I have both comic series on my pull list at my local comic shop. Um, and I'm just I'm so, so excited. Um, so seeing that the Acolyte, which what a t- what a weird title, mm-hmm. the Acolyte. Mm hmm. Who calls a Star Wars show The Acolyte? Yeah, I don't know. It, it, it certainly is mysterious, right? So that uh, that makes uh-huh. I mean, you know, they've, they've told us so little with this. They've told us three things, right? It's a mystery thriller. It's set in the High Republic era, the end of the High Republic era, and it features emerging dark side powers, you know? So, um, yeah, I mean, that's... I think that the the title, the acolyte, and the phrase or the the idea of emerging dark side powers, checks out. You know what I mean? Um, it sounds culty. It sounds creepy. Um, it sounds super cool. Yeah, I mean, I think this is this where we get the new canon conversation around the rule of two. Mm, yeah that's interesting that is interesting you may have unlocked something years before we even see this on screen that makes a lot of sense Uh, it's not i mean i think so for me like the way my brain just kind of like takes this is um you know in in legends we have the old republic we have knights of the old republic and Mm -hmm. all those old republic stories um you know in the disney era there 
they chose not to go back that far. Um, they, you know, they didn't, they didn't want to go back thousands of years. So they went back to 200 years yeah. to the high Republic. Um, and in, in, in some ways I get that choice. I get that choice creatively because with the old Republic stuff, you have, you know, this stuff that's like, what, like 4,000 years before the prequels. And then you have this massive gap of time that's very weird that maybe they were planning on filling out over, you know, over years. But 4,000 years is a lot of time. So um, in the old Republic, public era um there were uh you know the the darth bane stories and the kind of creation of the rule of two and you know the explanation around that and you know seeing the high republic is kind of the um you know canon version of the old republic like it it makes sense that they would also tell those kind of like crucial stories in this context. Yeah, that all checks out. Um, That all checks out. I think another reason to avoid going to the old Republic era or going back that far or whatever is just because there is so much attachment to the stories that were already told in that era that, uh, man, I mean, you're really opening a can of worms if you try to go back to the old Republic in this new kind of canon era and uh, people have high expectations and they have a lot of attachment to the stories that were already told. So, you know, I think if you go to this high Republic era, it's new, it's fresh. Um, There aren't preconceived ideas about who should be involved and what those stories should be. Um, And, uh, and and you don't have this giant gap, like you said either. Right. So um, no, I think it makes a ton of sense as far as all that goes. And I think you can more easily connect stories from yeah. 200 years ago to like what's happening in like the saga films yeah. as opposed to like, you know, I, I love the older Republic. I love Knights of the Old Republic. I love those stories, those comics, um, the video games, everything. But like some of it did feel like a stretch where it was like, Hey, here's this thing from 4,000 years ago it's kind of like this thing from the yeah. original trilogy or the, or, or the prequels, which it more oftentimes was. And you're like, that's kind of weird. <laughs> Cause there's also this like 4,000 year gap. Um, so I, I still think um, the old Republic is like fertile ground um, for storytelling in star Wars. Even in this like new era, we have heard, we've 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 seen kathleen kennedy name drop the old republic and be like you know that's something worth thinking about i think when she made that statement it was pre the launch of the high republic so i don't know if high republic is something to replace um the old republic or if like it's kind of its own thing and like maybe someday they'll get to old republic stuff and that will be you know, the sandbox that Star Wars stories are told in for a stretch of time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is where we're at right now. This is exciting. This is fresh. This is our first new era of Star Wars. 
um, in a while. Um, and this, <laughs> this show, yeah, it's, uh, it, you know, it, it makes me really happy as someone who's, you know, a big fan of like the publishing division of Lucasfilm that like, I don't, I don't, I've never needed validation by, you know, live action, um, interpretations of, um, you know, stuff from the publishing division or stuff that happened first in the publishing division. But, you know, you got, you get stuff like Cobb Vanth and you get stuff like this and, you know, it's, I don't need it and I'm still going to enjoy those stories regardless, but it's also, it's just nice. Like at the same time where it's like, yeah, this is, you know, this is Star Wars. These are Star Wars stories. Um, the, you know, obviously Star Wars started as a film s- series, but, you know, there are people who came to Star Wars by like reading stuff or by watching, you know, the TV shows and stuff. And I think like, I don't know. I just, I love things being connected. I don't, you know, I don't love the idea of like, oh, you have to read you know, these four novels and these, you know, 200 issues of a comic book before you can understand this movie. Like, I don't ever want it to be that. But, um, you know, I I do just love these connections. And I think it is something that makes Star Wars special. And if, you know, God forbid we have to make the Marvel um, comparison again, um, you know, it's stuff exists in a different way in marvel where it's like well you have these spider-man comic books but and the spider-man movies take stuff from the comic books but they don't like actually coexist in the same way yeah they're you know they're like alternative realities um you know they're 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 a multiverse they're you know a different way of telling the stories and i just I think that's really special um in star wars and obviously star wars is not the only like media franchise to do this but um it's the one i'm most invested in that i do you know read read the novels and the comics and everything so it's i i love this uh for lack of a better term synergy um that's that's happening um you know in uh in recent 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 months recent years yeah yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I'm probably most excited for Obi-Wan and Hayden Christensen and Ewan McGregor. Um, but then after that, I'm, I'm, I'm probably next most excited about this show, The Acolyte. Um, sounds super unique. And um, all signs point to it being pretty monumental and pretty, uh, pretty exciting and pretty fresh. So cannot wait for that. Um, they did not make any promises, Ryan, or guarantees or anything like that about when it's coming out. But, uh, uh, and that is kind of a disappointment with some of this stuff for me, or at least a, like a slight bummer. Like, uh, it seems like, um, you know, we're going to get, uh, we won't get Andor casting Andor until spring of 2022. They didn't even make that promise. It just said 2022, but the fact that it's shooting now, um, I would imagine it would be early 2022. Um, and uh, yeah, Obi Wan after that, and uh, I believe Mando season three is like December of next year, December of uh, of twenty twenty one. So, um, as much as there's all these announcements, I think 
most of next year is going to be pretty quiet as far as uh, live action Star Wars is concerned. So, um, you know, um, and, and we don't know when the Acolyte's coming, probably 2023, I would guess, right? So, um, yeah, and that's fine because there's so much stuff, you know, coming. But, uh, but um, yeah, it's a lot of exciting news, but um, it's going to be a, a bit of a wait for a lot of this stuff. That yep. being said, um, the next and one of the final stories we have to cover here is uh, the Bad Batch. Um, it just says it will arrive exclusively on Disney+. Plus. It doesn't say when. I would think the Bad Batch would be next year sometime. I think so. so. Yeah, that'll be nice um, mm-hmm. to get something new there. Um, I don't have a lot to say about the Bad Batch or the trailer for the Bad Batch. Um, mm-hmm. We have talked about it on the show before. We have discussed what we think about the show before. Um, it looks like it, you know, very much it's a continuation of the Clone Wars. And I think if you're a huge, huge fan of the Clone Wars, like this has to be exciting because the aesthetic is so similar. Um, down to the logo reveal at the end, you know, it said Clone Wars. That was really I, cool. I actually cool. really liked that. Yeah, I did too. That was cool. Um, and, it, and it really tells you like, hey, this is... This is our way of continuing the Clone Wars, which we really can't continue anymore yeah. um, based on the story we've told. But um, it's given you more Clone Wars, which a lot of people really wanted. Um, not exactly more Clone Wars, but pretty close, right? So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's cool. I mean, it really has the 80s action movie uh, vibe, which their episodes of, of season seven of the Clone Wars did too. I mean, I think it'll be fun. I'm sure they'll find a way to tell some pretty compelling and, and pretty, you know, deep and heavier stories. Not a huge fan of the characters. Um, I, I'm sure I'll enjoy this to an extent, but I don't I don't have huge levels of excitement for The Bad Batch. And then even watching the trailer, I mean, I'm sure people who are huge Clone Wars fans will be able to break it down and, and you know, kind of pull some, some interesting um, bits out of it. But to me, it was like, what if we made a cartoon about clones and they were engaged in tons of cool action sequences? You know, it's kind of what I pulled from the trailer myself. So, um, what do you have to add on, on the bad batch, Ryan? Not much. Um, I think, uh, you know, the, it, it uses that, uh, season seven clone wars animation, which I think is pretty fantastic. Mm-hmm. Like the, um you know the just the density of animation and how you know um how just the the amount of like incredible shots they can they can you know they've um been able to make um by just really honing um you know their skills as an animation department um i think you know clone wars season 7 is like technically some of the best animation I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Um, even though it's not, it's still just not my favorite art style um, across the board, it, um, you know, as, as far as animation goes, but um, like technically it is incredible. Um, so we're seeing a lot of that here. Um, you know, I, there's been rumors that it's going to somehow tie into sequel trilogy stuff um which is still like you know the thing that's uh keeping me interested mm. um in in this show you know honestly i i don't have high expectations for this f- as far as like my personal enjoyment um i 
you know, this just this isn't totally my Star Wars wheelhouse. Um, but I know it makes, you know, anything Clone Wars and even like these characters in particular um, make, you know, bring a lot of joy to a lot of Star Wars fans. And, you know, I, I love that we're kind of to the point where like there can be Star Wars stuff where I'm like, ah, that's not totally for me. And that's that's cool. Like where, you know, in other eras, it's like, oh, God, the one Star Wars thing coming this year isn't for me. So what do I do? <laughs> like, um, and I but again, this is like it's so low risk. Like it's, you know, it's going to be on Disney Plus. I'm going to watch it day one. Um, and, you know, maybe it will be something that like really clicks with me. Maybe I'll watch it and be like, huh. That was that was fine, or maybe I'll watch it and be like, "Oh, I didn't like that," but whatever. Um, it's fine. I'm, you know, curious to just see another side of the Star Wars universe, and um, yeah, I'm I'm curious what kind of story they're going to tell here. I'm like the plot in general is what I'm curious about. Um, not necessarily like the specific, um, you know, missions or whatever happen, um, episode to episode. I want to know like the why of this show, (laughs) um, and not in like a rude way, um, but like stuff, you know, regardless of how you feel about anything in Star Wars, like, most things aren't being told as like throwaway stories these days they're they're kind of part of something bigger um so i think i'm just curious like why do you make this like do you i mean do you just want to show a bunch of inconsequential action or is there like and i don't even mean it has to like oh this has to you know, tie into something and, you know, reveal a big secret of the Star Wars universe. But like, even just like thematically, like, why are you telling this story? Like, what is the what is the purpose of this story? You know, what what is like the human message of it? Um, and I'm I'm curious about that because it's not really apparent where I feel like a lot of these other projects that have been announced kind of like, you know, wear their heart on their sleeve and we can kind of, you know, parse out what the, um, you know, what, what the reason is for them. Uh, this is, I just, I don't really understand um, why it exists and not in like a cynical or condescending way, but that's what I'm curious to find out because I do believe that, there is a reason for it and maybe it's to you know fill in fill in gaps between the original trilogy and the sequel trilogy or maybe it's going to be something that will completely surprise me and there's excitement in that uh yeah i agree 100 percent um (laughs) i think the pressure is off you know that's 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 one of the things i really connected to with what you said there it's like the pressure is off and uh doesn't have to be for me 
And um, I think in another era where this was my one Star Wars meal for, you know, two years or something or, you know, whatever it is, it's like there'd be a lot more pressure um, on them and uh, and put on myself. You know what I mean? In terms of like, I have to enjoy this. And if I don't, it's going to be heartbreaking. Um, uh-huh. And and now it's like, yeah, I, I, I might only kind of like it and that will be okay because there's so much other stuff. So, uh, yeah. But, um, you know, I, I, I certainly, uh, I don't know if optimistic is the right word, but I, I certainly believe in, in the potential for them to surprise me with it too, you know, because um, Star Wars has done that a lot where I went into it thinking like, well, it's just going to be a fun romp and there won't be much depth to it. And then the depth is there. So um, that might happen. If it doesn't happen, that would also be probably okay. You know what I mean? So, yeah. um, and, and I think that, you know, both of us, I think, um, can, can be excited about and just enjoy the fact that we know there are so many people that love the Clone Wars that if nothing else, like it's going to probably make a lot of those people really happy, you know? So that is, a I think enough reason for it to exist right there. Even if all it does is tell some fun stories about, um, you know, the bad batch, but, um, with them being clones and the identity of the clones being, um, you know, pretty compelling, material for storytelling. I, I think there's a chance that it will be, um, more than I expect it to be or, or, or better than I kind of anticipate, you know? Yeah. I will say I did kind of get chills in the, in the trailer when, um, when you had Palpatine talking to the massive army of clones, that uh, is like, this is now a galactic empire. Yeah, that was cool. That was cool. That's, it. That's interesting. I like that. So Ryan, I, I'm going to assume you got chills when you heard that, um, Lucasfilm was doing 10 animated shorts by some of the world's best anime creators. Um, you know, as somebody who, uh, is a fan of anime, I think, um, uh, and, and somebody who's lived in Japan and, and, and is very steeped in, in Japanese culture and all that. Um, this seems like a, really exciting thing for you. It's exciting for me. I mean, I can't wait. I think, uh, the idea of star Wars, you know, um, stories and, and star Wars animation and, and star Wars, uh, you know, storytelling being, um, created by, uh, Japanese, you know, storytellers is like really cool. Um, and something that actually hasn't happened all that much. Um, at least like on an official level from Lucasfilm. I mean, we get, Star Wars, uh, manga adaptations. And, you know, obviously there's, there is Star Wars like product and stuff that's created in Japan, but, um, this is like a pretty big deal for Lucasfilm to, uh, you know, to be announcing and producing, um, Star Wars anime. So yeah, uh, definitely this is kind of your forte and in your area, but, uh, I, I'm super hyped. What did you think when you heard that um, this Star Wars Visions project was on the horizon? Yeah, I mean, obviously, this is one of those things that I am exactly the target demographic <laughs> for. Um, you know, me and uh, and uh, friend of the show, Dave. Exactly. Um, like, it, yeah. this is for us, man. Um, but uh, actually, yeah, I don't. I don't know how Dave feels about anime in general, outside of his love of um, Studio Ghibli, but. Um, well, yeah, I may be willing to come on the show and talk about, uh, uh, Star Wars visions when, when it drops. I would love that. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm definitely the, the dude who, uh, has every, you know, Star Wars manga pre-ordered 
Um, and so I read those on day one when literally no one else is reading or talking about them, um, which is, you know, I don't know. I, I, I feel like I haven't completely found my people um, in that cross section of, uh, you know, Star Wars fandom. Like, you know, I want to. I, I, I could I could really talk about the Leia Princess of Alderaan uh, manga if uh, you know if anyone wants to have that convo. Um, but yeah, this is this is really cool. It's um, you know it's not entirely uncharted territory for um, like a Western uh, media franchise to kind of bring in um, you know Japanese animation studios we've seen this with um stuff like the animatrix um which was a wild dvd of you know japanese anime studios um creating uh you know stuff set in the matrix world and we had the you know there's a sequence in uh kill bill um by a prominent uh japanese anime studio and there was like there's like a batman um dvd which was a pretty hit or miss um but same same sort of thing and uh you know it was it's kind of a a wonder that it it took so long for um for this to happen with star wars especially considering like the love of star wars in japan and the impact of it on um you know franchises there and like looking at some of the some of the biggest franchises in Japan and stuff like Gundam and Final Fantasy and how inspired by Star Wars uh Fantasy Star like the 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 creators of these franchises were so um so inspired by Star Wars and um yeah it's it's kind of a wonder it took this long um but this is a this is a project that um you know i'm i'm super excited to see how it turns out um i'm curious what are the you know what are the studios that um you know who are going to be contributing to this um you know it says this anthology collection will bring 10 fantastic visions from several of the leading Japanese anime studios um you know I I I can't even imagine what that's going to be and I I will say like I'm not as well versed in the you know in the anime scene as I was when I was like you know like a teenager and um in my you know mid-20s and stuff but um you know there's still a lot of uh a lot of studios that I love dearly um, that, man, it would be so cool to see their take on Star Wars. Um, I'm mostly thinking of Gynax. That's the one I'm just going to throw out there. Um, you know, creators of uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion, um, which is my favorite anime ever. Um, and but yeah there's there's so many talented studios out there who have been doing um amazing work for a long time and i can't wait to see who who's involved with this and uh you know when it's when it's going to happen 
Yeah, yeah, because it was light on those details, you know, like we don't really know how long these will be. We don't know when they're coming. Um, yeah, we don't know much about it, but uh, it's it's just something, you know, outside of the box, I guess you'd say, like something unexpected, um, something that will be a fresh take on, on Star Wars stories. And um, yeah, I just, uh, you know, I mean, I think a lot of us were hoping for something along the lines of a Star Wars, a sort of alternate take on Star Wars, whether that be like a, a what's an alternate universe kind of version of it or, or something like that. And when I first heard the title Star Wars Visions, that's what I thought of, you know. Like um, the Star Wars Tales comics. Right, 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 right. Or like Marvel is getting a what if show, right? Like the Marvel what yep. if series or whatever. Um, and I don't think that this necessarily sounds like that's what this is, but what is the the commonality there is just the idea that it's a, a a pretty different take on star wars i think you know what i mean like that would be the point of doing this you know is that like hey we're getting japanese storytellers and japanese anime studios to do this because the take on star wars that they will bring and provide is going to be different they will have a different mm-hmm. perspective they're from a different culture you're going to get a different um take on star wars and so that's exciting you know whether it's canon or it's not canon or it changes things or it doesn't change it like that doesn't matter to me what matters to me is that it's like it will be a fresh and unique perspective on star wars and so i just think that's really exciting you know um so yeah can't wait cannot wait last thing ryan the very last thing is is a droid story i don't know what this is either it uh, the, the press release highlights the intersection of animation and visual effects. I don't know what that means. Is it Roger Rabbit, but Star Wars? I don't, like Star Wars already is Roger Rabbit, basically. So I don't, I don't totally get what this is. Um, but uh, it sounds like a film or a special of some kind. Uh, it doesn't sound like a show that will be ongoing. Uh, it's called A Droid Story. It will introduce us to a new hero. So I assume a new droid of some kind. Um, but that new hero will be guided by the legendary duo of R2-D2 and C-3PO. It's Mm -hmm. heartwarming. It sounds very pleasant. It sounds like fun. I'm not exactly like jumping out of my chair, like excited for it necessarily. Um, but I will certainly be happy to, to, to watch it when it comes out. And, you know, I'm sure once I see more, I'll probably be a little more, a little more excited, but you know, essentially, I think what I'm being told is, hey, we're going to be developing a film or short film about droids for Disney Plus. Um, please be excited. Yeah. So what this makes me think of, do you remember a graphic novel um, in like right around Revenge of the Sith time called Star Wars Visionaries? Mm, yeah, not very well. Okay, so what that was, was it was, um, you know, it's like a dozen or so um, Star Wars stories told by um, concept artists from Revenge of the Sith. Oh, yeah, from yeah, the yeah, pre- yeah, yeah. And there's so like they were just like, yeah, okay. They were like weird, like not totally canon stories, but um, and maybe not exactly what you you'd expect from you know yeah like a star wars saga epic type thing um 
but you know kind of also kind of like in the vein of like the star wars tales comics from dark horse um back in the day and that's that's kind of what this feels like to me only instead of having like the concept artist making a comic book you're having lucasfilm animation and the you know lucasfilm visual effects team industrial light and magic teaming up to um you know do something kind of similar in animated form yeah that's what this i i think this is going to be experimental it's going to be weirder than we expected i don't know if they'll i don't totally expect like a you know complete narrative through line here um but maybe maybe there will be because they do have the anchors of r2d2 and c3po um but i think this is going to be a bunch of like real weird cool looking stories about robots okay um yeah it does say develop new stories because i was thinking it would just be like one special um but it sounds like you're thinking it's going to be ongoing I, I think it's going to be like a maybe like a galaxy of adventures or um mm, okay. Uh oh jeez, what's the other um animation? Yeah, 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 I know. Um the one that was done by Titmouse and it's like a retelling of classic moments from the Star Wars trilogy for kids, right? On YouTube on the Well that's Galaxy of Adventures. Um oh. the the female fronted. Yeah. Okay. That's what I was thinking of. And, um, I can't believe, I can't remember what it's called. They even had a toy line. Um, yeah, okay. I have those dolls. I understand what you mean. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> You're thinking more like that. So, yeah. um, that it will, it won't be, it'll be more than one, but not necessarily, um, yeah. Limited, I guess, in scope, right. In in yeah. how long it'll be. Yeah. How much? Um, yeah, I think this will pro- this will maybe be something on like the Star Wars Kids YouTube channel. That makes sense. Yeah, I'm thinking. Um, but I also think it's going to also be a little bit of ind- industrial light and magic kind of flexing and doing some like weird stuff that they figured out how to do. Yeah, and, no, I uh, mean the the technology is definitely like the the defining idea in the in the story, right? So. Um, it almost feels like a proof of concept type thing or like the, the impetus for doing it is, uh, to experiment with the technology. Mm -hmm. Okay. Right on. Uh, are we done? No. Um, (laughs) because we had, uh, on Twitter, uh, Michael A. Stackpole, um, who Mm. was an original, he was the original writer on the Rogue Squadron novels and comics. Um, responded to the Patty Jenkins um, announcement of Rogue Squadron and said, that is so bloody cool. Glad to know the person doing the Rogue Squadron movie feels the same about pilots, duty, and Star Wars as I did when I was writing the novels and graphic novels. Can't wait. I just love it. Oh, okay. All right. He's positive is what you're saying. Positive. Okay, gotcha. I thought maybe there was going to be a. Uh, I thought maybe where this was going was that there's like a. Uh, the that he would confirm that he's involved or that they were using his stories or something like that. But no, no. he approves and he, approves. He, uh, he feels. Uh, gotcha, gotcha. Cool. 
Cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean like, well, like we said at the top, we, uh, we recorded this very shortly after all this stuff was announced. Um, but I have a feeling a lot more will come out in the next couple of days, clarifications, additional information, little things like, like the Michael Stackpole comment. Um, probably a lot of that to, uh, Mm -hmm. in, in the future here. Um, as for now, we're going to go ahead and wrap up this recording so that I can try to throw it up on the internet um, tonight so that I can wake up in the morning and first thing, watch the Mandalorian. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) We are hours away from a new Mando. One heck of a 12 hour period in, in star Wars, huh? Yeah. What a ride. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to throw this prediction out there. I kind of expect tomorrow's Mandalorian to be a little bit of a, a uh, catch your breath type episode. Um, Good luck. Famous last words, but uh, now nah, I feel like it'll be um, lots of Bill Burr, lots of breaking Bill Burr out, and then some cool, probably some cool scenes with um, Grogu and uh, and Moff Gideon. But then I think like um, the the really blow your mind episode, of course, will be the the finale the, the week after. Um, so I look forward to coming back, Ryan, on Saturday morning to um, apologize for being wrong about that. <laughs> but, yep. um, yeah. I think with that, we should wrap it up. We are at the two hour and 39 minute mark. <laughs> uh, like, is there yeah. episode ever? I don't know. Probably not. But I mean, look, they threw so much at us tonight, right? Yeah. And uh, nobody has has ever suggested that we know how to uh, keep things brief or shut mm. up. So um, you know, it, Sorry. we all saw it coming, right? Um, mm. Had to happen. But anyway, um, until like I don't know, eighteen hours from now, when we post our next episode of the Blockade Runner Podcast, <laughs> um, you can check out everything we do at blockaderunnerpodcast dot com. We would love to hear what you think about any and all of these shows. Um, yeah, please reach out. Let us know what you think. We we would love to hear from you. Um, we're on Twitter at Blockade Run, or you can email the show at blockaderunnerpodcast at gmail.com. And uh, with that, we will uh, say goodnight and uh, look forward to chapter, what, 13, 14 of The Mandalorian. Um, coming up in who knows? who knows I don't know um, Bill Burr episode um, in just a matter of hours thank you good night <laughs>